welcome to a 3B Halloween special edition of Bubble Bath with Bath. I am your host, Cryptkeeper Kyle. Host, not co-host. It is my podcast, not Kira or Damien's podcast. Why are you here, Kyle? <laughs> This is my podcast, and I will say and do as I please. The first, the first story that I would like to present to you today is by author Coy Hall. It is called The She-Wolf in St. Edmund, A Black Death Halloween. <laughs> The She-Wolf and St. Edmund, A Black Death, Halloween A wolf snout, lined with black gums and ending in a curious nose, appeared in the gap of the doorway. A paw touched the hard-packed floor. When the frame trembled, the door creaked inward. Fitzgibbon peered across the room at the intruder, and he knew he wasn't dreaming. Since morning, he'd heard wolves, an entire society of them, searching, scavenging, rending, mating, and feeding. The wolves engorged themselves and vomited, and then engorged themselves again. In the village, a church steeple surrounded by hovels and a burned-out clearing, there was an enormous amount of feeding to be done. Plague had entered the settlement on the breath of a Dutch traveler, and within a month the village was decimated. Of the dead, only the first coterie lay buried in the cemetery. Most of the dead turned homes into tombs, where carcasses lay rotting, clutching possessions, clutching one another, or clutching the nearest surface with claw-like grips. Limbs had blackened, moss had grown between telltale boils on their hides, mouths were agape, Flies mated in their throats, and maggots writhed. The miasma beckoned wolves, but wolves are cautious creatures. The scavengers had not blustered in at the first sign of weakness. Rather patiently, the animals waited for plague to complete its work. A pack had ringed the village, waiting days for the right moment to enter. Only this morning, just before light, did the wolves spread into thoroughfares and passageways like cargo rats released on a dock, following their bellies. Until now, the wolves had spared Fitzgibbon's home. Either the pack had waited for him to die, or the scavengers postponed a fight until they were satiated on fallen fruit. With a subtle grind of resistance, the door opened fully. The sky outside was the color of fire, and leaves were falling copiously. The wolf that crossed his threshold was unwary. The mouth curled, revealing blood-stained fangs pinioned with sinew. A she-wolf, Fitzgibbon thought. Her nostrils flared, catching the infested scent of Fitzgibbon's wife and children shriveled in the corner. She bristled with excitement. The banded fur of white and gray over her withers was heavy as a mane. Her stomach was pregnant, bulging. Her eyes were dark like coal, and crimson speckled her nose. 
Nothing the she-wolf could do equaled the pain of boils, pocking Fitzgibbon's armpits and neck, or the blood drowning his lungs, or the sores that opened from lying in corrosive piss. Fitzgibbon bared his teeth, a gesture that matched the wolf. The she-wolf inched closer. She didn't take the stance of a predator. She stood so near that Fitzgibbon smelled carrion on her warm breath. Perhaps she was puzzled that the man yet lived. In that moment, Fitzgibbon felt his mind break free like muscle detached from bone. Lying in his home, surrounded by corpses and ghosts, and faced with a curious wolf, what else could be expected? The thought of detachment entered like a dream, and it held sway, and when the detachment remained, any absurdity gained currency, and it was then that the she-wolf spoke. You are safe, she said. Fitzgibbon shut his fevered eyes. When he opened them again, either seconds or hours later, three additional wolves stood inside his home. The she-wolf spoke again. You are St. Edmund, and you are safe. He, Fitzgibbon, managed to say, I am not. Wolf, you are mistaken. The shrine of St. Edmund is near, but I am not he. Unmoved, the she-wolf continued. A wolf protected you, St. Edmund, she said. Do you not remember? I protected you. She rose tall with pride, and her chest swelled. God bade me protect you. With a broken effort, Fitzgibbon told the wolf that he did not remember this, and that his name was not Edmund, nor was he a saint. He knew little of the St. Edmund legend, but even children in East Anglia knew that Danes severed the old king's head, Rhymes had preserved the tale, a she-wolf, enchanted by God, protected the martyred head from destruction. This was legend. Are you the she-wolf that protected the king? Fitzgibbon asked. The wolf inched closer. Rot slicked her tongue. Her eyes were pools without feeling. The mouth did not move when she spoke. Her voice bloomed in his mind. I'll protect you again, St. Edmund, she said. I'll lead you from the forest. Fever made men mad. He'd seen the transformation with his brother-in-law. What does it matter, then, Fitzgibbon thought, if we converse, she and I? Is that a promise? he asked. On the brink of death, he did not need her word, but he desired it. With time so short, guarantees, even if meaningless, were prudent. I'll protect you, she said. From what? Fitzgibbon blathered. If he had the energy to laugh, he would have cackled. From your friends? Come, St. Edmund, the she-wolf said. She creased her jaws and bit at cloth covering Fitzgibbon's chest. The material, thin as gauze, ripped when she pulled. Stand up, she ordered. The dilemma puzzled her. I'm too weak, Fitzgibbon said. He looked towards the Stygian shapes of his wife and children in the corner. He would have given anything to possess the strength to shove their bodies out the door, if he could not do that. How could he stand and leave himself? Like them, I'm dying, he said. Pestilence. The she-wolf was not stumped for long. An idea seized her, and she walked to the foot of the bed. 
She took Fitzgibbon's ankle into her great jaws, and then she pulled. Illness made the man light as straw, so she yanked him from the mat with one great thrust. He slammed against the floor, smashing a boil, and his mind went red with agony. The she-wolf shook his leg like a trophy. Fitzgibbon gasped, and the image was that of a skull with a broken jawbone. He gasped, but he didn't have the energy to scream. The she-wolf pulled Fitzgibbon into the evening air. Decay and moss perfumed the village, and yet it was freeing to be out of the cloying hovel. Mud, shit, leaves, and discarded bones lined the paths. Over this she dragged Fitzgibbon, while other wolves ransacked his home, rending the corpses inside. Fitzgibbon watched the church pass as he neared the forest edge. "'Where are we going?' he asked. "'I'll take you to him,' the she-wolf said. "'How is it that you speak my language?' he asked. "'It's uncommon for a wolf.' "'How do you speak mine?' she countered. "'It's God's work. "'You shall see. "'I will take you to him.' "'Fitzgibbon conceded the point. "'Indeed, he thought, she knows God. "'She has a long relationship with him.' "'When the she-wolf stopped, "'she stood panting over Fitzgibbon.' He watched her uncertain. He was not so light that he didn't trouble her pregnant frame. She was exhausted. Another wolf, even larger than she, a mate that was traveling along at a cautious distance, sauntered across the clearing. His padded footfalls were noiseless. Another gray, he nodded at the she-wolf. She took Fitzgibbon's ankle, from which she torn the skin into her mouth. Her mate bit the other ankle, his teeth grinding bone. The power in his jaws was immediately apparent. Blood poured in rivulets to Fitzgibbon's groin. Together, the wolves marched backwards, dragging their quarry through bramble and briar. After a distance, Fitzgibbon said, He doesn't speak? Through grinding teeth, the she-wolf confirmed that her mate did not speak, not in a manner Fitzgibbon could appreciate. The journey continued. Roots ripped and stones bruised Fitzgibbon's back. He didn't know how far he'd traveled, but it was night when he and the wolves arrived at their destination. Having gone ahead, other wolves were there, waiting and pacing. All the wolves were healthy and fat. Such was the bounty of plague years. The young were robust and the old fortified. A circle tightened around the she-wolf, her mate, and the delirious Fitzgibbon, the wolves dropped his feet against the earth. There were stars in the sky, great dashes of them visible through the trees. The she-wolf neared. It is God, St. Edmund, she said. At first he thought she meant the moon, but this was incorrect. When the she-wolf gestured with her muzzle, Fitzgibbon craned his neck to see. God was a dark shape beneath the branches of an ancient yew tree breath emerged from the shape in clouds of frost. Proudly, the she-wolf sat on her haunches. We brought him to you, she told God, in the land of the dead. St. Edmund alone lived. God stepped forward, parting the wolves like a lord. God walked on hind legs, Fitzgibbon observed, but the legs did not take the shape of a man. The legs were crooked, bent backwards at the knees. The gait was discordant. The figure was tall and slender above shaggy hips. Darkness masked the lines of his face, 
but there was something human in the configuration. Two eyes, a wide mouth, hair like sprouts of laurel. God smelled like wood smoke and rotten meat. She thinks I'm St. Edmund, Fitzgibbon said. God shrugged. Fur bristled on his shoulders. Frost emerged from the enormous mouth. She said that you are God, Fitzgibbon continued. No, God muttered. The she-wolf is insane. She's very old. She says a lot of things that are untrue. The voice was not abhorrent, and unlike the wolves, the voice moved in the air. What do you want with me? Fitzgibbon asked. A force inside him withered. He looked at the she-wolf for protection, but she was admiring God. God brushed aside the question. There was only one left? He asked the she-wolf. Her snout dipped in shame. Only one, she said. God shook his head in disappointment. Move quicker with the next village, he said to the assembled wolves. Then to the she-wolf, open him now. I'll eat him raw. The she-wolf obeyed. Her mate joined in the scissoring. As Fitzgibbon surmised, fear did not translate to mobility, thought to action. He was too close to death to fight back, so near that his limbs were hardened. He gasped, and this time Fitzgibbon screamed, a noise the forest ate. Hey guys, I hit record now that Crypt Keeper Kyle's done being a dumbass. At least, Thank at least he brought a story though, so that was cool. So anyway, today I'm Damien. I'm Kira. Synced in word thing that we don't have to do and probably not going to do, and I'm just going to say, Coy Hall is here again. Say hello. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You don't have to be so polite. <laughs> Brian Burger Bay Barry is here. Here. And Wendy Dalrymple is here. Present. Present. That was like that was that was suspiciously like too formal. It was. And but I feel like if we're gonna make this right, then you have to call me Kyra, like every substitute teacher ever. And then I'll say here and ignore the that's not my name. I am not going to call Koi Corey, though. <laughs> Every year I went to school, I was called Corey, and they would, like, the teacher would accuse me of misspelling Corey. <laughs> like, they didn't believe that it was Koi, that that's not a name. And so your name's Corey, and do it right. I remember I got in trouble on, like, the bus to school, and I got an assigned seat, and, uh, the bus driver wrote my name in Sharpie above the uh, seat because I had to sit there all year, and he wrote Corey. Oh, like as if you don't know how to spell your own name. Yeah, and it was always that one. That's so crummy. <laughs> like, imagine being told you just, well, I guess you don't have to imagine it. You lived it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you would have gotten some weird remarks, Damien. With I, the thing I always had to hear about was the movie, the omen. Like I would always, have you ever seen that movie with the kid named? Yes. Stop, please. And then like when I started getting into like things that I got into in high school, like I still think people think my name is like completely a pen name and completely fake, but Damien is just genuinely 
my awful first name. I thought it was a pen name for the longest time. Yeah. See, everybody just like, oh, he's he's he thinks Satan's cool. So he's just using that as a pen name. And it's like, no, just, you know, sometimes these things happen. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> these things happen. They just, they just happen. You get named Kira for whatever Kyra. reason. Kyra. Kyra. <laughs> Kira Kyra. My favorite is like when I go to Starbucks, like I never use my first name. I always say Renee. And even that is wrong because they put two E's at the end. And I'm like, no, there's just one E. And I, it's just, it can never be right. Just ever. use, when I go to, when I go places like that, I say Ronnie. Then, but what if I want a Y or an IE? How are Why? they going to know? What? Why do you go by Ronnie? <laughs> <laughs> Take me disco dancing, big Ronnie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's okay. the greasy strangler to one character's named Ronnie. I haven't seen that. Like, nope, I swear I'm the only person that is, that has really seen it and like watched it multiple times after. I'll pretend to add that to my list and watch it one day. <laughs> the list of movies that are never going to get watched. They are written down though somewhere on a post-it note that's honestly probably in the garbage now <laughs> <laughs> didn't you at least didn't you at least watch um what was it the first one you watched um oh, the burning i did burning. and i was like oddly attracted to that guy from seinfeld i was like <laughs> george. some kind of way right now <laughs> <laughs> nice george with hair yeah yeah like i don't know what it was i was like i like he never takes his shirt off ever even in the water and i'm like that's okay we love an insecure king <laughs> i'm okay with that <laughs> he's the he's the he's the funny guy though so yeah. yeah i really like that movie that that was that was fun like i get Great really movie. distracted watching movies and i'll just like tune away but this one I, the whole time i was like what the hell <laughs> this is so cool <laughs> i get so, the feeling that if you just like watch any of the other movies that were recommended you'd have that exact same reaction yeah probably that's mm-hmm. why i only ever watch like the same five movies and they're all Twilight. Twilight! <laughs> we don't have any questions no. this time. No, we don't. No comment. We're just gonna, no like... Comment. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, I've never seen Twilight. Like, I just, like... I don't we'll know. We'll change that. We will change that. Well, not... I'm telling you what, Kyra. Not if you don't watch... <laughs> not if you don't watch something... Something... I, I am having a hard time with the English language today. Well, technically, you owe me because I already watched The Burning. So that's, that's Burger Bay. Yep. Well, then Brian owes me. <laughs> Burger Bay. Oh, God. Burger Bay is going to have to watch Twilight. See what you did, Ronnie? <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> Go to Arby's, get yourself a half pound sandwich, come home, and just watch Twilight. Oh, I don't shit. even think we have Arby's here. What? I'm gonna do that right now. So they have this thing on TikTok now because I'm chronically on TikTok now for marketing. Um, but it's all these different people doing Twilight clips, but in different accents. So they'll have one if Twilight was from New Jersey or if Twilight was done in Australia. And it's obviously funnier if you have seen the movie or understand the whole Twilight, you know, <laughs> fandom. But yeah, so that's my addition to the Twilight conversation. Koi. Cool. You and I have got to do a West Virginia Twilight. 
Oh my god. No. No. Can you please? No. That would, that would make Especially me care with your guys' happy. accents. I'll be, be, I'll like, be Bella. Scan of a killer. <laughs> Dude, I'll be Bella. It's fine. <laughs> Let me look up some quotes. I need you to be Jacob because I want to see you with a long wig on for the first movie. Oh, we have to film this thing? This, this one, no, this is not happening. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it is. I'm coming to West Virginia now. We still, I'm still Brian with you. <laughs> we still need to go ghost hunting, Coy. Like we, we have never solidified this date. Yes, we do, and um, we're thinking about Moundsville, right? Moundsville Penitentiary. Yeah, you got to go live on that. Yeah, yeah, we will. We'll have to like actually stream some of that. Yeah, do it from do it from I, Instagram. I, What's really fun to like, uh, you can go up into the cells and stuff and just like sit down alone in the cell in the dark. So like, I would like, I'm going to take you like all the way up the top floor and put you in a cell and then go all the way back down to the bottom floor and just leave you alone. Well, and then you can record, you can record. Well, it was a fun, it was a fun like run, but I will be genuinely scared to death. Oh, come on. Oh, my God. I'm going. That's it. I need I'll do, to do it. This. I feel like we need I'll to go it, Bigfoot but... hunting. Like, I'm going to West Virginia. We're going Bigfoot hunting. And I'm doing the whole thing. Like, I'm getting, like, the, what is that? Like, the headlight, you know? Like, yeah. all of it. Like, I I, I want to do, like, very, like, Blair Witch. Like, I'll lay on the ground and you drag my feet while we're recording, like, live. <laughs> like, it looks like something's taking me away. <laughs> like, Listen, when I, gr- when I graduate college next year, everybody just, like, fly in and we'll go somewhere and Bigfoot hunt. I guess I would have to fly somewhere. I don't know because yeah, you'd have to come over this way. Well, like Hawking Hills has Bigfoot stuff. I think we have all the Bigfoot stuff, and we have the we can like even go to Fresno, I guess, and see the Nightcrawlers. Boy, what do you what would, you, would your beliefs change if you saw Bigfoot like in real life? If if I if I saw Bigfoot and it was, um, and it couldn't be anything else. Then yes, but if I just saw like a flash or something, no, it was kind of a dumb question, isn't it? Like if you if you see Bigfoot, like yeah, of <laughs> course you're gonna change your opinion. That was a really dumb question. That's like well, I, mean, <laughs> I think I know I think a lot of people when they take pictures and stuff just see shadows and say they put like draw two eyes on it. That's Bigfoot, <laughs> um, but clearly it's not, and uh, that would uh, not convince me. So if I saw a shadow that looked like Bigfoot, no. I think if I saw an alien, like a full-blown alien in front of me, and he was like, hey, I'm an alien, I would still be like, you're not. And just walk away. See, this is an issue. This is an issue. I believe in, like, I don't want to say everything, because I guess I don't want to, like, you know, some of those things are problematic. But, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I pretty much just lean on the side of, like, yeah, I probably believe in in sheep squatch and bat squatch and, like... (laughs) Yeah. Sheep squatch? Yeah, sheep squatch. Oh, is it like a Explain that one. He's yeah. it's a West it's a West Virginia cryptid. It doesn't really look okay. like Bigfoot. It just looks like a giant sheep that walks on two legs. I've never heard of that. You lost me there. I hope I never see it. <laughs> I think the I think you're probably better off not hearing about it cuz it probably says a lot about who I am as a person that I know about <laughs> that. I like who you are as a person. Thanks, Brian. That means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the genuine like relief. 
<laughs> I needed that. It reminds me of like you ever see those posts that are like when old people have Facebook and they like comment on like Wendy's like is Chad there? <laughs> There's one where like this kid is like he comments something about his girlfriend breaking up with him or something and he's sad and his grandma is like you shouldn't make posts like this or something and she's like or he's like thanks grandma love you and she just comments in all caps thanks needed that. <laughs> so the i want to the, the sheep thing do you know that movie from the 70s god monster of indian flats yeah is it like that uh or is it just copying off that and people are acting like it's real or it might be let me let me let me do a quick google i'm googling i'm afraid but i'm gonna do so, it what god monster of indian flats is like um a sheep monster movie yeah from the, 70s it doesn't see that looks i thought that that looked more like the squonk and it does like the um man that movie's great though i'm just looking at the horse like where they like lasso it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the children's picnic it says a sheep squatch stands at nine feet tall when it's on its back legs yeah they're huge why I'm only only five feet. I can't be anywhere near this thing. (laughs) Well, you see, in a way, isn't that better? Because you're so much shorter than it. So it would never notice you. Like, you would never be in its, like, vision. You'd run run around it like a cat. (laughs) This thing is fucking terrifying. I'm on Google Images, and I don't ever want to see this thing in person in my life. I kind of want to see this movie. Oh yeah, you need to see God Monster. <laughs> so, so Damien, what what makes you want to believe in things like that? Well, partially, I think it's because I'm eight, and then there's this other part of me that's just like, I, I don't know. I just think it's cool. Like, there's just I don't know. Isn't it just boring being on Earth and being like, well, I guess here we are. We're just humans and cats and dogs and the occasional bird. <laughs> are they but are the birds real see i i believe birds are real i don't believe in that conspiracy me neither but it's fascinating like just bird Wait, watch one day yeah there are people that believe that like i think it was when reagan or nixon one of those was president that they wiped <laughs> out all the birds <laughs> no. in the world and they replaced them with robots and they're you're being spied on by like okay. somebody yeah CIA, yeah, yeah, one of those like alphabet a, agencies. Yeah, one of those, one of those letters, and it's a whole thing. I had, I had a student in class one time tell me that, and I'd never heard it before. Um, but they told me as as fact. Oh, like, and they were kind, of, they were kind of like building up the story, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, and like, what the. What are you fucking talking about? Like, <laughs> just let them go. Just let them talk. But um, yeah, and I didn't know how to respond to it. I never heard. I thought he was making it up. Honestly, it's so stupid. It is, it is stupid. Like uh, there have been times where like I'll be like out like at fucking Costco eating a hot dog, and like I'll watch a bird. Like how can somebody, honest to God, think that that's a robot? It's a damn. It's a whole ass bird. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like you don't find birds. You could like. You can see that you can cut one open. I mean, if you wanted to, go cut open There's a There's one outside bird. my window right now. I am not the type. <laughs> Brian, leave it alone. <laughs> well, and then someone, though, on TikTok recently said, like, you ever notice you never see baby pigeons? And I was like, wait. 
I'm wow. I don't have anything to contribute to that. <laughs> like <laughs> they're kind of right though. Or baby so, clothes. Okay. So do you like draw the line there? Damien? Yeah. Is that where you draw the line? I draw the line at a lot of political ones. When they stop being about monsters or ghosts or aliens or something and they start getting into like politics, I'm like, uh, it gets like kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. Some of it's just really disrespectful too. Yeah. It is. Like the whole. Like that rap you sent me this morning. (laughs) Oh my God. That woman was perfect. Just absolutely beautiful. <laughs> it's she, like this, like did she woman. like rhyme her last name with conservative or Republican? I lost it. I was like, this is so dumb. She says, "We need less government control, but the government should control this, 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 and this, and, and A and B and C. And these people shouldn't be allowed to do anything, but like the government shouldn't control anything at the same time." It was awful. And she was rapping away. And I was like, who wrote this rap? Because this is terrible. <laughs> I thought it was, personally, I thought it was a good rap. Like, I downloaded it, burnt it onto a CD. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the only proper way to listen to music. Is to burn it to a CD. <laughs> I still yeah. do that. Hell yeah. Did you say you still do that? I do. Why does that uh, surprise me? For Christmas, I would like a mix CD. <laughs> You got it. <laughs> what What do you put on these CDs? Just I don't know anything. I just listen to a bunch of different shit. I don't have any particular group or genre or whatever. We're all except just, country. I won't listen to that. We're all just staring at your thing, waiting for like a definitive answer. Like, what is Brian Burger Bay Berry's top five? <laughs> I don't have any. I like um, I like Rammstein Ooh. a lot, and um. I'm actually pissed off because I missed a concert um, yesterday for that. And they're never out here. Oh, that sucks. So that was kind of a letdown. <laughs> I need, yeah, that's it. I'm just going to need a mix CD and you put whatever you want on it and send it to me for Christmas. It's just going to be Do Host by Rammstein like 17 it is. times in a row. That's all anybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> No, it's like that five times, and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like debt down with the sickness. Yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about, Damien, the other day? Um, uh, dad, what was it? Divorce dad rock? Is that what we were calling? You know, it? there's. Like, you ever like notice there's like this real like? Okay, there's like you never see it, but it's like twenty five or so listening to like. I don't know, like, I don't know what kind of example to use, because I don't want to offend anybody. But you know the kind of music. <laughs> and, like, it's always, like, either middle-aged, divorced dads, or, like, 12-year-old kids who haven't found out about metal yet. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to... Ba- bands like Buck Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> like that. <Yes>. Exactly. <laughs> bands exactly yeah. like Buck Cherry. <laughs> Buck Cherry. Cherry. <laughs> yeah well, there's like a whole like it's like just like divorced dad rock like they have just their own divorced genre. Dad rock. No, okay there was this band <laughs> i just saw this the other day it was hilarious but they had they were like a one-hit wonder maybe 10 years ago and they were called hinder h-i-n-d-e-r yeah right and like for some reason 
they are playing like you look at their schedule and I don't even know this because they're playing like here, but it'll be like they're playing in Portland and they're playing in Cleveland. And then their next day is Wireman's greenhouse. <laughs> a greenhouse. Yeah. They're playing like a birthday party. <laughs> they're playing a birthday party and it's on their like poster as being cool. It's like Scotty's eighth birthday party. Wireman's greenhouse. Be there. No way. Hinder. No. Yes. Fucking way. Let me. Yeah. We need to go. That I think that's what that means. <laughs> Can I'll you totally buy tickets go. on Ticketmaster? You just go onto Facebook. <laughs> No, yeah, you have to just like you have to pay, send them like PayPal money to them. I think <laughs> it's just like some Midwestern mom, and she's just like, "No, it's cool. Y'all just show up, bring some refreshments." <laughs> is that oh, where you bring? Them, yeah. Is that where you bring them out and do? Damien, <laughs> Damien, what? Oh Jesus! <laughs> I lost everybody for a second there. <clears throat> I said, "Is that where you bring them out and do?" Yeah, I would take some Mountain Dew. Definitely. I still need to try that. I think. I don't know. I don't like Sprite and I don't like 7-Up and it's kind of the same color, so. It doesn't taste anything like Sprite and 7-Up. Koi, have you had... It's it's our area is why I'm asking Koi. Have you had Ski? No, I haven't. It's like I don't know what it is, even. Okay, so maybe it's not that far yet. It's like Jackson, Ohio. I think is where it's from. But it's like Mountain Dew times 10. It tastes like battery acid. <laughs> Man, you're really selling me on it is ski. Just, I mean, don't drink ski. <laughs> but it's just like, it is like a local delicacy. And these people drink it. And I'm just like, yeah. it literally looks like floor cleaner. Ugh. Yeah, I haven't actually. I don't think it's made it down this far. You know what I discovered was actually from here, and I think they only sell it in this area, and maybe you've had them before, Brian, the ice cream It-It's. What is it called? It-It's. It's like a, I think it's like a, kind of like an oatmeal cookie, I think, and then it's the ice cream, and then it's covered in chocolate. Uh-uh, no. no. Yeah, I I was recommending it recently to someone, and like I had them like looking left and right for it, and then I was eating one, I looked at the package, and it was like, Northern California only, and I was like, oh, you're not going to find it. I was like, sorry. Shit. <laughs> They're so good. And it's like an oatmeal cream pie? Are you kidding me? It's like, an, it's like two oatmeal cookies, and then there's like vanilla ice cream in the middle, and then it's covered in chocolate. Oh, I oh, found it. Sounds good. You find it's it? San so Francisco's good. tradition. Yeah, they're made out of San Francisco. It's it. That's what it is. It's it. Yeah, it's it. It's it. Oh. Cappuccino. Just gotta go. Oh, they have a mint one. Oh my god, this looks amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I know what these are. They're so damn good, and I yeah, did not realize are. that they were just like secluded to this area only. And I was like, <laughs> oh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, y'all are gatekeeping that time. Mm-hmm. So who who cares? We have ski. Yeah. We have ski and we have Mr. B's potato chips that just we taste have, like pure salt and grease. Pizza or pepperoni rolls. Pepperoni rolls. That's right, right? Pepperoni rolls? Yeah. I can't fucking remember what they're called. Those oh, things. Man. Ow. I just hit my finger on my computer and it really hurt. <laughs> I just don't like I think it's so weird that there's no sauce in them though. 
Is it dry? No, it's wonderful. <laughs> I feel like it's dry. Why did that sound like a car crashing? It's because they're fucking doing something to one of the apartments and making a bunch of noise. It's, it's as usual. It's, <laughs> I swear to God, I get no peace here. None. Well, I hate you everybody. know. <laughs> no fucking peace. This thing is bottomed out. I don't know. We're, we're, we have no questions, so it's like, I don't know what's going on. You I don't were the know. one who said no questions. I was ready. Well, well, well. Um, if it is I was armed with of my own actions. I was armed with pen and paper. I was ready to put up those pictures and be like, ask some fucking questions so I can write all these down. And you well, said, no. Well, we need, to, we need to ask about like Halloween candy and Halloween stuff. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, so ask something. Yeah. <laughs> What did you what? ask me a question? Ask you so a question. Halloween candy or something? Okay, you yelled at. <laughs> what? Let's Halloween candy. Let's what's what's your favorite Halloween candy? Reese's. Oh, okay, that's Fuck a good yeah. answer. What's yours? I don't know. Maybe those little crunch bars. Okay, you know what it is? It's the Mister Good bar. <laughs> I like those. What are you like ninety? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The little, Mr. the little Mr. Kid, kids, you haven't lived yet. A Mr. Goodbar. All right, you know what? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I got her back, Ron. I don't have to take this kind of abuse. It's what are you the, like? Thirty-five going on sixty-five. The, 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 the little Mr. Goodbars are good as shit, and when you get the big ones, the the ratio of like chocolate to peanut is off, kind of like the Reese's pumpkins. Those things suck. Oh man, those are Don't so you good. judge those. I just ate one. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Fucking good. Too yeah, much they peanut are. butter. I really like almond joys, and that's my old lady candy that I like. Almond joys and are so good that, too. They are like, like I love I, 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 I don't know. I, the mounds are no good. Like like throw those in the trash. But almond joys are good and like I think it's because it's the only time of year I ever get them because when do you ever just go to the store and buy a whole almond joy candy bar? No, nobody does that. Ever. Uh-uh. I feel like, like the how are they still joy, in business? I feel like how the, right? do people buy Mr. Good bars? Hell no. Yeah. They just come in those little mixed ones. He said hell no. <laughs> but they but they but they sell them in the like the like the large Yeah, with like, like candy bar size too. And not like the mini ones. They also have like the crackle. Yeah, but does anybody buy those? No. You can't even find the crackle full size because thanks to the movie Monster in My Closet with um, the guy from Fast and the Furious, everybody, the Crunch won that war. I'm fucking lost. Anybody else here old enough to remember the black and orange individually wrapped weird pieces of taffy candy? Yup. Yes. Oh, yeah. With the with like the little like peanut butter in them, oh, what were those called? I don't I don't even know what they were called. They're just they're so generic, and you just like those go right in the trash too. They were just called candy. <laughs> you would like. I remember getting those. I remember getting those and like putting them like that was like the last thing that you would eat out of your candy stuff. Like you'd put it in the fridge, and it would just sit there and get harder and harder and harder until when you went to bite into it, it had like weird crusty texture around the outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I sure. One hundred percent. I'm right. I'm there. going with 
I'm going with M&Ms for my favorite. Oh, that's a good and, one. And any kind. I don't care. I'll take any of them. I like oh, the yeah. mini ones. I'm convinced they taste better. Now, listen. I, I have because a... you can pour more in your mouth at once. Here's a conspiracy theory. You get, you get more, more candy shells. Get, get, the, <laughs> right. get the M&Ms. Get the M&M minis, okay? And eat, eat, separate them by color, okay? Eat any other color but orange. And then get a palate cleanser of some sort, and then eat orange. And tell me the orange doesn't taste like orange chocolate. What? I don't know why. Is it just what, my brain? What made you like yeah. even it, like sit it, down and decide most, to do that? Most definitely is just your brain. Well, <laughs> it's. I'm telling you, in sixlets, you know, sixlets, they're the same way. The orange tastes different. Wait, is that like your second favorite candies? And you're like, Mr. Goodmar. <laughs> six oh, dude, I do like the six lits. Oh, man. If I have to go with like a candy bar, candy bar, I always get the whatchamacallit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just da- Damien, Damien's like, you know, can- candy peaked back in the 1940s. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess I, haven't, I haven't built upon candies you know, in the last century or so. I mean... <laughs> I, I can't even defend myself because I was just—I literally was just thinking, like, man, I hope I have some Mr. Goodbar in the fridge. Oh my god! I don't know. I, I want to—I def- want to defend you. I want to like come here and be like, "Don't mess with Damien." I can't. I'm sorry. It's a mystery. I'm myself now. Yeah, but Koi comes in here with the M and M's and any flavor. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to defend Time. myself, but damn it, I'm right. <laughs> So, um, speaking of Halloween candy, I um, live in a neighborhood that's like, if you were in a movie and they show like how trick-or-treating is in movies and it's like the streets are flooded, like that's my street, my neighborhood that we moved into a few years ago. That's... And I counted it. And last year I gave out like over 700 pieces of candy. Oh, that's how many God, I'm so jealous. It's really cool. So I'm going to definitely take video this year. Yeah. That's a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. When I was yeah, it's freaking expensive too. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. I was a little kid, I lived up north in Lima. You buy, buy six lots, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Would you leave my six? I'll get black and orange candy this year. Just give them each a six a single six lot, and then be like, "Does the orange taste different than the blue to you?" Eat it before it melts, kids. Six lots don't melt because they got the candy coating. That's right. I'm looking those up. I, I know, me too. I don't know what those are either. Is that a regional oh. thing? What are they called? No. They have like a caterpillar. I've never one. had these before. Six, like the number L E T S. And they're like ancient candy. Oh, they're, yeah. I mean... <laughs> they're good. I have never seen these. Have you, do you know the ones that you get that are like the sixlets or like the M&M's that aren't chocolate? What are they? They're like oil. <laughs> oil? Oh my God, they're disgusting. It's like paste. What is it called? Hold on. They come in like the candy, the candy cane at Christmas. Are you sure you're not accidentally eating bath oils? Uh, you might be right. <laughs> I, I don't like I do not like candy canes. Not that this is a Christmas episode, but I don't like peppermint. That's his third favorite candy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not me right now googling chocolate that isn't chocolate. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> what is it? I'm telling you, what is it called? It's like, um, oh, you get it sometimes and it's so gross and you know it's not chocolate and you're like, yeah, but it's loaded with sugar and I need something. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't even know what fucking sixlets were. Well, that's because apparently you have better taste than I do in candy. No, you were born in the wrong century. (laughs) (laughs) Not decade, century. Century. (laughs) Come on, sixlets aren't that old, are like? Let me look it up. Like toffee. I love toffee. I'm British. Yeah, I like toffee. Yeah. You haven't said yours, Kira. Um, it's between Reese's and Snickers. Snickers. See, what's the difference between the Snickers and a Mr. Good bar? Other than caramel, <laughs> other than caramel and nougat. <laughs> a nougat. Yeah, and nougat is disgusting. It's good. What? No. Yeah, it is good. Snickers okay. is shit. Sixlets have been around since 1960. So as yeah, they they're old, but how long have M&M's been around? But they've advanced. They have all sorts right. of flares. They still have commercials. Yeah, and they do. They <laughs> yeah. do. 1941 was it? Yeah, and they do. They're pretty innovative with like their cookies and cream M&M's. Yeah, M&M's are like they're like you see them all around like commercials and stuff during Halloween and ads and all that. Mm-hmm. Super popular. At Halloween, they have um um candy corn m&ms mm-hmm. but they're like but they're like white chocolate yeah they're so good they're, they're oh. so good there's a yeah, there's a good. controversial question how does everyone feel about candy corn yes or no i like it i i i like it yeah i, I like the pumpkins best. yeah that's yes. what i like i, like I was those just better. gonna say that they taste better i'm definitely pro candy corn you all are making fun of me about how old i am and then here you are like I like candy corn. Whoa, something's happening. But you, I like I candy t- corn. I get no peace. I told you. Do you like candy corn? I miss Me? that. Oh, hell yeah. yeah, I like candy corn. That's that right. was loud as shit. I just like <laughs> ran my mouth for five minutes. and then, Yeah, I like candy corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what oh about... God. I'm muting myself. Oh, God. Grease! It's got it got so quiet. It got so quiet in here when the when the ambulance sounds went away. I told you it's always something. Always. Why I can't write anymore because it's always something. Let's be honest. None of us want to write anymore. (laughs) I'm I'm retiring to live in one of those tires and fight people with holes. I, my back would hurt so bad after that. I would not be able to handle that. <laughs> I have a good question. Okay. What's everybody's go-to Halloween costume? Oh, this is... See, this is a good question, because this is a question I was going to ask anyway. This is a hard question. I'm already going to answer. I'm a witch, like, almost every year. Like, I've probably have been a witch ten or five times in my lifetime. <laughs> What what like a specific witch like or are you just like oh, I'll just throw on this hat like a cute one in a black dress and a hat and that's it okay so just like the regular witch I don't really have one 
See, like I, I, I'm like either I don't dress up or I dress up inappropriately. So I'm not going to answer this question. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, last time I dressed up, I dressed up. Kelly Maroney always gets brought up, but that was the last time I wore a costume. Was when I dressed up as Sam from Night of the Comet. Well, no, that's a lie because then the next year, the next year I did that little boy. Like I dressed up like the little boy from The Prodigy or whatever that movie was. You know what I want to do? I think one year, Damien, we should spend Halloween together, or when I finally fucking move out to West Virginia, because I swear I'm going to do it, and. I want you not to be Father Karis because we know how I feel about that, but you be a priest and then I'll be like a possessed girl. And then every now and then you just turn your cross upside down and I can do that thing where I fall back and land on my hands and like crawl. Like You can do that? Human. Yes. So we'll just walk around town <laughs> and every now and then you just turn the cross upside down and backwards I go. <laughs> what the hell? Are you like a gymnast now all of a sudden? I was a cheerleader for a while when I was younger, but that's it. Boy, Kira's <laughs> moving to West Virginia with us so we can all hang out and like. Yeah, I don't. That, that sounds cool, but you might want to rethink it. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I keep trying to get Damien. Damien was like, let's go. I, I want to go to California. And I'm like, it's very expensive. The ground keeps shaking. Sometimes it catches on fire. You might want to reconsider. I think- the, it, the, the cost of living here is the cheapest in the nation, but it sucks in most ways. Like there are no amenities or anything, which you are probably used to. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Cause I don't know. I don't know what I'm missing. Cause I've never had it. That's true. So I guess you will have to come here then. Like we do have like fire hydrants though. In places. <laughs> it's very cheap. Why do I need a fire hydrant? What? That's the best part. <laughs> it's, <laughs> Well, you see, you need a fire hydrant in case your house catches on fire. Because, like, I don't know, somebody who had a bonfire and, like, they were burning too much trash because it's West Virginia and the ashes came over and caught your little yard flag on fire. (laughs) Have you lived this before? (laughs) No, but it's a worry. (laughs) Yeah, I just, uh, yeah. California, so it only shakes something. So are we? Are we going with still going with the Halloween costume? Yeah. What's your What's your yeah. costume? Um, <clears throat> the last time I actually dressed up for for Halloween, it was as Tommy Wiseau from The Room. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, that's amazing. Did you do the accent and everything? Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> is that that? Is that that movie with the mom and the little boy? What are you Wait, talking I'm thinking about? Of something else. I'm thinking no, of something this else. Is, no, you have to. No, watch it up here. it was like the the worst movie ever made, and it Tommy was those from vague Europe, <laughs> like that's it. And he's got this odd accent, and uh, he made his masterpiece. And it's called The Room. And it's very it's highly dramatic movie, uh, or he thinks so. My is favorite? it the guy who's wearing like the suit jacket thing? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. A black he's yeah. My favorite part. Um, my favorite part <laughs> in the whole movie is when the mom comes over to talk to Tommy Wiseau's fiance. I don't know any of their names. Yeah, I do. Her name is um. Oh, what is it? He yells it. Julie. Lisa, you are tearing me oh. apart. It's Lisa. Yeah. So she's over there talking to Lisa, and she's like talking about leaving 
leaving Tommy Wiseau's character and her mom's like, you can't do that. He's got money. Who will take care of you? And she's just like ripping into her. And then out of nowhere, she goes, I have cancer. <laughs> no, wait, she, she says, I, I definitely have breast cancer. <laughs> and then she's like, what she says. Yeah. wow, I'm sorry, mom. It's, I hope that gets better. Nah. Anyway, I need to leave my husband. <laughs> but um, I dressed up as... Uh, his name's uh, Johnny in the movie from the room. But like my ideal costume, the one I would want to do is to be Trantor from Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> what is that? I want to see that. I have to Google this now too. Have you not, you've not watched Ernest Scared Stupid? Yeah, no. I think I'm backing out of here now. I, I, listen, you guys. <laughs> I used to be afraid of that movie. He's the troll. It's the troll. In the I used movie. to be okay, terrified. I was just going to ask who he was. Okay, so I'm going to say. What's the name He's... again? Ernest Scared Stupid. And then you said the and troll? Tr- yes, yeah, Trantor. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> I was so scared of that movie. I lived across the street with like um these these three girls. Like one of them was my age and they, there was two that were older and they were kind of like my sisters. And they always picked on me about that movie. They'd always go, you want Miak? And I'd get so scared. So scared. There's some pretty cool parts in there that are pretty creepy, actually. <clears throat> and the gore effects at the end were gnarly. Like the bubble. It was, it was really cool. I love it. Like Brian and I like talk about this. It's like the ultimate Halloween movie. And like my hot take is Ernest Scared Stupid is so much better than Hocus Pocus. Oh, like definitely. It's so much definitely. better than I Hocus, love Pocus. Hocus Pocus. I don't know one. what to say because I don't. I don't know enough about Ernest Scared Stupid to have an opinion. Other than I was, other than I was not scared of Hocus Pocus growing up, so I guess I'll go with Hocus Pocus. Yeah. I do like Hocus Pocus, though. Hocus Pocus. Oh, my God. Scared. That whole I put a spell on you scene is fucking amazing. It's, like, ingrained in my brain forever. Do you know, fun Hocus Pocus fact, do you know who directed or who wrote Hocus Pocus? Yeah. Mick Garrett. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. He said, let me make Hoc- let me write Hocus Pocus and then make Critters, too. <laughs> And then it's a bunch okay of okay cross genres, you guys. Yeah, he did. It's like his Stephen King adaptations are always like really subpar. Anyway, it's a hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> I'm scared. I don't care if nobody's <laughs> fighting me about it or not. Yeah, yeah. I'm scared of stupid is better than Hocus Pocus. I'm like courting a fight here, but nobody's like biting. So. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's as passionate about it as you. Oh, I am. That's my movie. Thank you. I just don't think any... The th- I've already the watched th- it three times this year. Jeez! Yeah, see? No, no. It's like, it's got to be on all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I would like, loop it. <laughs> like, just... Yeah. My, Everything about like, it, man. It's just... It's like, it is. All, it's just complete Halloween throughout the whole damn thing. And just everything, you know, Ernest, the creature, all of it. It's just a really feel-good, comfort Halloween movie. And it has such a good atmosphere, it does. doesn't it? Like when they go out to the woods to build a treehouse. Yes, and stuff. I love that part. Yeah, that's how Hocus Pocus is too. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> My go-to Halloween movie is always Hack O' Lantern. Uh-huh. I will watch that at least seventeen times this year. 
Ours is pumpkin head. Oh yeah, that's so like good. Pumpkin yeah. pumpkin head so good. Yeah. Yeah. I first like one. Head. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Definitely got to yeah. clarify that because the fourth one. Not blood wings. No. The second one's okay. Any, the second one is it's okay. It just has a different feeling to it. The first one was just really grim. It was really good. The second and Lance and Lance Henriksen's great. Oh yeah. He yeah, is. yeah. My favorite thing really about like, like the swamp witch. What is it? The swamp witch. Yeah. 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 That's oh awesome yeah. Too. That's what's so confusing about part two is like she's in part two, but it's like almost like a remake of part one. It's so odd. Like it has yeah. no like connections. Um. <laughs> I was trying to think. I lost my train of thought. I was gonna say <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. Uh, we still need Brian's go. We still need Brian's costume. Costume. Oh, okay. Um, last year I was a werewolf, just a generic werewolf. I don't know if you've ever seen that mask of mine. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, this year I don't know what I'm gonna be. If you mm. could choose any, what would it be? Any. I don't know. Uh, I really don't know, but I'm thinking about going as Russ Thorne. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that was what the answer was going to be. Uh, I need. I just need some denim, uh, red shirt, and a power drill. <laughs> Jeez, that movie, man. Did you like the remake? <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't ask. No, that. never mind. Let's just move on. I didn't. <laughs> what about your costume, Damien? Gold does. <laughs> Gold does. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, I know who you're talking about. You dressed up as the ultimate warrior the first time I met you. Yeah. Uh, and I had to go, we had to go into the a bathroom, a bar bathroom, and I had to tie his tassels. No. Like, people were just pissing in urinals everywhere, and I was tying his tassels in the mirror, and it was... A bonding moment. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that in a women's bathroom. I could not imagine. I'm scarred for life. <laughs> no! <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Can't stand that guy. <laughs> Little Friends by Wendy Dalrymple. As a kindergarten teacher, there are days when the job feels thankless, leaving me bone tired and brain dead. When I accepted my first teaching position, I expected that some of my students would break my heart. I knew that I would never get the pay or respect that I deserve, but I was determined to do it all anyway for the love of teaching. I knew to expect tears and toilet accidents, runny noses and bloody knees. I instinctively knew all of this and more, even if no one warned me about the unsavory parts of the job. But what no one seems to warn prospective teachers about, what no one even wants to talk about, is the head lice. Looking back, it seems that this all must have started with Samantha Gummer, sweet little thing. Her parents are rich, which, in my experience, sometimes means that their children tend to be either horribly behaved and confident as hell, or well-behaved and emotionally stunted. Savannah was the latter. Every day when Savannah was dropped off, she would have to be peeled away from her mother's well-dressed arms, her pink cheeks stained with tears. Soft little puppy sounds whimpered from her perfectly bowed lips as her mother would wave and scurry out the door. Each time, Savannah would wrap her small, thin arms around my neck and bury her head into the hollow of my chest for a moment until the shuddering heaves left her body. Eventually, I would have to pry her off and place her in the building block station to attend to my other students before circle time. That fall, it seemed as though every one of my kindergarten students came down with lice, only I noticed Savannah itching first. I sent home notes in my students' backpack warning the parents to check their children's scalps, though I wasn't allowed to send any of my itching students to the nurse's office. Lice, as it turns out, is no longer deemed a medical reason to send anyone homesick. Despite my best efforts to sanitize and clean my classroom, the bugs would always come back, almost like clockwork on a 10-day cycle. It didn't matter if the kids had parents that dropped them off wearing designer shoes or thrift store sneakers. Almost every child in the class would end up scratching their heads at one point. Lice doesn't discriminate based on income, background, or gender. I soon discovered that despite all of my precautions, the unwanted creatures finally found their way into my scalp. It started with a subtle itch where my hairline and the base of my neck meet. During nap time, it got worse, and I absentmindedly scratched at the hot, swollen sensation. By the end of the day, I couldn't ignore what was happening. A sick sensation eked its way into my gut as my scalp festered and swelled, pulsating like a techno beat. I couldn't deny that I had lice. I had been careful to keep my hair pulled away from my shoulders while at work and even used a preventative hairspray full of natural oils that was supposed to deter the lice. I tried my best to keep the children at a distance to wipe down every surface with disinfectant. Still, the bugs found their way. Savannah, with her eyes sparkling, tear-filled and gasping, heaving in sobs, I couldn't keep her off me that morning. As she grabbed her backpack at the end of the day, I noticed her little fingers digging at her hairline too. The memory of my own lice infestations as a kid dominated my thoughts as I stood in the pharmacy aisle after work that day. Growing up, my family was too poor to buy medicinal shampoo every time one of my five siblings and I caught head lice. Sometimes we would itch and scratch for days before anyone even noticed. When the bugs were finally so numerous that they couldn't be ignored, my mother would slather our hair with mayonnaise and wrap our heads in plastic grocery store bags to try and deal with the problem. After we sat in the sun with the melting, oily hair treatment sticking to our heads for what felt like ages, she would painstakingly section and comb our hair, making sure to remove all the nits and bugs with a fine-toothed comb. She would comb and comb and comb and comb with the sharp tines of the metallic lice remover, ripping my hair from the roots and searing pain through every inch of my scalp. There, your little friends are all gone now. When she was satisfied with her combing job, my mother would smile and wrap my shoulders in a warm, clean towel. 
It was too bad that her home light remedy lice treatments were some of the only times I ever got such one-on-one -on -one personalized and intimate attention from her. Even if it was a painful exchange, for those few brief moments, my mother's focus was all mine. By the time I got home from the pharmacy, my scalp was ablaze, radiating in waves of heat punctuated with bullet points of stinging, itching pain. As soon as I reached my bathroom, I stripped naked in the tub, trying not to think about how many bugs could be feasting on my blood at that very moment. I scratched and scratched at the welts that were beginning to form until red crescents of blood caked under my fingernails. As the tub filled with scalding water, I opened the package of lice shampoo and read the directions. The shampoo was clear and viscous and smelled of insecticide and some kind of flowery powder perfume. I gagged at the scent but doused my hair in the sticky fluid just the same. More waves of pain bubbled across my scalp as the chemicals seeped into my skull, penetrating the festering open wounds. When the entire bottle was gone, I reclined back into the tub, turned the timer on my phone, and attempted to relax. My thoughts returned to little Savannah Gummer as I lay in the bath and let the medicinal shampoo do its work. Was her mother shampooing her hair right then, too? Would her mother wrap her in a warm towel and comfort her? Would she give Savannah the reassurance and tenderness that she deserved? Catching lice wasn't just painful and humiliating. It was a violation of self. My heart broke at the thought of my favorite student suffering as I once had. As I sat in the steamy tub, I could almost feel the bugs wriggling on my scalp as the poison edged its way into their exoskeleton. It's a silly thought, though. They were so small and stealthy that most people didn't know they had lice until they began to feed. Still, I had to wonder if the shampoo had caused them to move faster or become agitated somehow. What would it feel like for them to be doused in a chemical bath? Can Laos feel anything at all? A slow drip of the gel-like shampoo trickled down my temple toward my right ear, and I wiped at it with my hand. I glanced down at my fingers and did a double blink as a tiny louse stared back at me. It was brown, no bigger than a grain of rice, and every bit as ugly as you may imagine. I grabbed a square of toilet paper from the roll nearby and wiped it off. More shampoo dripped down my forehead faster this time. I balled up another wad of toilet paper and wiped up my nose as even more shampoo dripped into my left ear. What I saw next shot waves of adrenaline through my entire body. Tiny brown rice-sized creatures wriggled against the white of the toilet paper as I held it in the palm of my hand. I gasped and tossed the infested wad into the toilet and flushed, my pulse hammering in my ears. The timer on my phone trilled and I let out another startled gasp. I stood and turned off the alarm as panic began to rise in my throat. The shampoo wasn't working. I unplugged the drain on the tub and turned on the shower head, the sores on my scalp pulsing along with the beat of my heart. I needed to get the lice out of my hair, and I needed to do it now. My right ear itched as the water streamed down my head and shoulders, cleansing my hair of the sticky pesticide and vermin. I stuck a finger into my ear canal as my mother's words returned like an ominous chant echoing in my thoughts. Little friends, little friends, little friends. When I was certain that I had rinsed the last of the shampoo from my hair, I wrapped myself in a warm towel and stood in front of the mirror. Little brown lice wriggled on my shoulders, on the bridge of my nose, and at my hairline. A yelp escaped from my throat as I slapped them away and grabbed the sharp time metal cone. Even when I was young and seemed to constantly be infested with lice, I never remembered them being so numerous, so active. I parted my hairline and began at the top, slowly combing and sectioning my hair as my mother used to do. With each pass, the comb became caked with little white eggs and a gloopy mass of both dead and living lice. I rinsed them all down my sink, hot, fast tears welled at the corner of my eyes. Clumps of hair ripped from my scalp as I combed and combed, yet I still continued to pull away more and more bugs. 
And then a soft, low whimpering sounded in my ear, almost like the soft crying of a child. It was low at first, so low that I wasn't even sure of what I was hearing at all. The sound grew louder as I lifted the comb to my scalp again and ran the needle-like tines through my hair. Again, the teeth of the comb were caked with wriggling louse, but this time I could tell was certainly that they were crying. Hot, fat tears welled from my eyes as I gathered the rest of the little bugs in the palm of my hand. I placed the living ones in the palm of my hand and watched as they struggled to survive despite the terror that they had just been subjected to, the terror that I had just subjected them to. Let us live, they screamed in unison. Let us live. I'm so sorry. A shudder of regret heaved from my chest. I knew exactly what I would have to do. Yes, their presence would cause me discomfort and pain, but it was my pain to bear. One by one, I placed the lice back on top of my scalp. Tomorrow in class, I would find them a new head for them to live on. For now, they were my responsibility, my source of comfort and shame, my little friends. Okay, first of all, I think gabbering is a real thing that people say, and I don't think it reflects anything that has to do with me saying six slits is a good candy. Six slits. I can't say that. I can't either. My like, I have like a Not slight list it it either. Like Six slits. Somebody should. Somebody should make like a real <laughs> evil version of it and call it like six 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 slits. I was I was gonna say something else, but I'm not gonna say. Yeah. That's why I'm not trying to <laughs> say it. Yeah. I railed into that corny satanic dad joke, so you didn't say it, and then you brought it back onto it, and I was just like, let's just leave it. You fucking knew it. Let's leave it in the past where it belongs. I can't, though. You know that. I'm going to bring it up later. <laughs> <sighs> it's worse than Brian's Twitter account. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm blocking you. Uh, <laughs> there are some thirsty people out here, my friends. <laughs> and Brian's opening Getting Twitter right now and going to my account and clicking block. <laughs> never do so that. what were we talking about before Crypt Keeper Kyle's useless, stupid, idiot, dumbass moron came in here? <laughs> you are your weird candy choices. No, we weren't. We moved on. I think, how about um, what is the like perfect Halloween movie? I think that's what okay, we're talking think... about. So people are talking like the go-to movie. You were Hack a Lantern, and Wendy was uh, Pumpkinhead. Um, Pumpkinhead. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. I believe. I think they're the perfect one. Like, the perfect Halloween movie, like, the best made is probably Trick or Treat. That is a really good one. That's a good one. I, um, I, feel... I really like Hocus Pocus. That's my go-to Halloween movie. Then why weren't you... Aren't as scared stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know, Koi. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nostalgic for me, because, like, I watched it as a kid, so, like, it just... I, what year did that movie even come out? How old was I? It was, like, the 90s? Maybe? Early 90s? What? That would have been May. Let's see. Hocus. Oh, 93. I was three. So, yeah. I've been watching it forever. <laughs> three. Man, when I was like four. I do I do like it, to be fair. I'm just kidding. I do like Hocus Pocus. I think the I only part about Hocus Pocus. I may or may not my youngest son and my cat. What is it? I may or may not have named my youngest son and my cat after characters in that movie. So, 
I'm a fan. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I tried to think of a funny character name this day. Nothing came, to, nothing came to my mind. <laughs> like, why'd you name your cat Banks? <laughs> or your kid? Oh, man, Zachary, I'm not good Zachary at this. Thackeray Banks. Banks. Get it right. Thackeray Banks. Yeah. I th- that was like my first crush ever. I was like, oh my god, a dead guy named Thackeray? I'm here for it. <laughs> I can see this. <laughs> like Hocus Pocus has one of those like plot holes that like really bothers me and it sh- it's it's just like irrelevant. Like my favorite movie is Return of the Living Dead, one of them. And that plot hole with the body on the um, table, it bothers me to no end. Like it's just there and then it's just gone and there's never any explanation to where it went. And it bothers me so bad. Well, Hocus Pocus has that part where like they think they killed the Sanderson sisters and they're at home and they like fall asleep. And like clearly hours have passed. But it's still nighttime. Nobody's like, huh, this is weird. Maybe they only slept for like an hour and a half, two hours, a quick cat nap. Yeah, I guess there are 20 minute naps. Yeah, I mean, I toss and turn a lot. Why? Why am I particular about that? But I love the alien factor. <laughs> like, uh, let me let me be particular about the time in Hocus Pocus. But I'm totally cool with the alien. Dude, that movie's good. The alien factor is a banger. Alien factor. It yeah. is. Agreed. Like you cannot. Go Undecided. Wrong. You cannot. Mm-mm. Who just, was that? That, that was Duncan. That was a monster. <laughs> that was scary. <laughs> we did it. We got Duncan to bark. Hell he's yeah. Bar- he's barking now. Did he hear my dog? What is Duncan named after? Yeah, he heard your dog, I think. <laughs> Wendy, did you say something? Ask something? Yeah, I said who's Duncan named after. Um, he actually is named after somebody, and it's the uh, servant on Robin Hood with Kevin Costner. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, because my brain went to Duncan McLeod Highlander, but no, I, it's uh, like on the Kevin Costner Robin Hood. He's got this servant um, who has his eyes cut out. Oh yeah, and he's blind, and his name's Duncan. And um, we used to have a cat. He passed away, unfortunately, but our cat was named Loxley. So it was supposed to be like. Robin of Loxley <laughs> and Duncan was going to be the cat's servant. I feel <laughs> but, like that's very on brand yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan. That's, that's why his name. Well, is. thank you. I've been wondering. I just thought it was like, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I didn't think it had a deeper meaning, but I guess I should have known better. That's not deep. Kevin Costner movie. But yeah, it's not like you just like were like, oh, I like the name Duncan, which I guess is what my brain thought. Like it was just like the name matched him. Like, I don't know. Like when you look at the baby when it's born, you're like, oh, you look like a Steve. It does match him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Steve. <laughs> we all know a Steve. I don't know a Steve. I don't. Well, you're all the better for it. <laughs> do Do you know a Steve? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know it. Well, I you I uh, let's not get into that. But there's some weird nicknames, and they were brothers, and they uh, it was it was weird. I don't want to slander them because I don't. It's, this is getting awkward. Anyway, 
<laughs> anyway, you could name you could name a baby Sixlets. 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 <laughs> oh yeah. man, what if your name was Steve and your favorite candy was Sixlets and you were called Sixlet Steve? George Costanza was going to name his kid Seven. Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> Seven. Yeah, I don't like that. I often feel like I'm the George Costanza. But you like, jo- but you like George Costanza. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am saying I'm George Costanza. Like, whatever. Oh, I, I feel like I'm the George Costanza of the indie horror community. Like, I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> My favorite George Costanza moment is like the very first Seinfeld episode where that laundromat... And Jerry mm-hmm. keeps talking about, I don't remember what it was, and George hits his knees and he goes, I can't believe we just talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Seinfeld. You know, that doesn't surprise me. Oh. That's a show that doesn't have a Halloween episode. Nope. No? But Jerry Seinfeld did write a Halloween film. <laughs> did he? He did, and I have it. It's What is it? Oh god, I have to look it up. It's um, it's not great, but we have it. Um, That's uh, Duncan's barking. To hear that. It's, oh my god! Oh my god! That is a straight up polar bear, dude. It's, it's terrifying. It sounds like a man throwing up. <laughs> Or too. Like, what is that? (laughs) 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 All I picture is he's sitting on his throne of like the rib bones you told me about. Just yeah. I can't listen to him do that and think of a man throwing up. You has it have it have any of you seen the movie um Grimm? Yeah. Like the monster movie Grimm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some reason I thought of that scene where they go down and there's like a recliner in his like cave, and I just pictured that being Duncan, like just sitting in a recliner. <laughs> <laughs> it's like raw head rags. It's like his pissed off oh, little brother. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was perfection. Uh, he, he's in the room now. He doesn't like all this. <laughs> he's so upset. He hates me. I swear. He he's like the us. next. He hates all of us here in my life. He doesn't even like. He's gonna block. He doesn't even gonna like, block me on Twitter next. <laughs> he doesn't even like Koi. He doesn't even like Koi or his own family. Like he's just like I have to live here with these people so I can get fed. <laughs> oh, that's not true. He's a baby. <laughs> he is madder than hell. He's still barking. <laughs> Can you hear that pretty well? Yeah. What yeah. would Duncan? What would you dress Duncan up as for Halloween? Oh, we want to um, put him in like a. We want to dress him up like a. Like King Louis the Fourteenth, with a with a with a curly wig and um, like a black, and put like a little like uh, 
mole on his face, like a beauty mark and stuff, <laughs> and, um, and put a fancy hat on him. So he's going to be like a nobleman, a French nobleman from the... Oh my god. <laughs> I will 100% bow to... King Duncan? King Duncan. <laughs> King. Or either that or a spider. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Better a spider. There's a big ass spider just running around. Oh, we're gonna put like uh, like those like uh, what are those things? Those noodles and pools, you know? We're like, just I was just gonna like glue glue those to his harness or something. That would be hilarious. I have this like weird obsession that I've that I've picked up with jumping spiders. I think they're just like the coolest thing in the world. And there's this giant spider in our mailbox. And I can't tell if it's a jumping spider. I call them spooters because they're cute. I can't tell if it's a spooter or a regular spider that'll like rock my world if I touch it. (laughs) So I just leave it. I just leave it there and I don't mess with it. But I keep like looking in there like, are you a spooter or a spider? Which one are you? If I try to get you all of the like, if I try to get you to jump on my hand, are you gonna jump on my hand to be cool, or am I gonna have to go to the ER? Why would you want to find out? Well, sixlets. Oh, sixlets. Sixlets. Oh, oh, I'm not gonna say it, but I'm saying it in my head. (laughs) We got to get away from the sixlet conversation. We have just got to get away from that. I'm changing my Twitter name tonight. <laughs> to to what? Nothing. To Mike. Speaking of, I said tonight. Oh. Um. Uh, Why would you want to change your speaking. name to Mike? I've never met a Mike that I liked. <laughs> Me neither. I have an ex named Mike. I don't like him. If you're listening, I don't like you. I don't um, like you, Mike. You're an asshole. You are an asshole. Um, speaking of spiders, the other night I was telling Damien, my brother likes to mess with me and he'll go like spider and I get scared naturally and I like look around. But we were talking and I go to like lean against the wall and he goes spider and I like jump and I look but there was actually a spider there. I took off running all the way outside. I was like, it was not like the one time he actually yelled it and there was a spider and I was like, holy shit. I was like, what are the odds of that? I almost smashed it too. I would have lost my mind. I would have burnt the shirt and everything. <laughs> Y'all remember the scary stories to tell in the dark? The kids' stories? The black and white illustrations? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The one where the girl had a, a spider lay eggs in her face. Yeah. It's like yeah, ingrained in my, my memory. And like I as a kid, I was like so sure that if a spider got on my face, it would lay eggs in there. That was in the movie too. And it was so creepy. Oh, when yeah. she was in the bathroom, yeah. and they're all just coming out of her face. It was so gross. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm like, always worried that, like, something's going to crawl into my ear. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Like, and they say that moths. Moths are, like, the number one bug to crawl into your ear at night. So whenever I see a moth inside, I'm like, hell no. You got to go. Outside. <laughs> like, it's just going to be in your ear whispering to you? Yeah, it might. Sweet nothings. But that's okay. I don't want it either way. It's going to get into your brain. <laughs> Yeah, it I had a phobia of that for when I was a little kid. Was it what show was that? Was it The Outer Limits or Twilight Zone, where they go like oh, the earwig? I don't remember where they go, but this bug gets in the guy's ear and like it's gonna burrow through his brain, and they know it is. What is that? I don't remember. Nobody knows. 
This could just be like <laughs> one of those things that I thought happened that didn't happen. My sister recently found out that she has three parasites living in her eye. Uh, and there's like nothing they can do. They're just like, she, they took a picture of them and were like, there you go. And I was like, so now that's what she blames for her. Like if she has like an attitude, she's like, it's my parasites. I'm like, okay. <laughs> there's nothing that could be done for that. Yeah. They were just like, you just have to deal with it. Like they're not hurting you in any way. They're just in there. They're like, at some point, maybe when she was little, she may have wiped her hand, her eyes when her hands were dirty and hello parasite. And I'm like, Ew. does it bother her? Does she have a like vision issue or no? Irritation? No, they, she was doing like a routine eye exam and the eye doctor happened to notice it and looked further and was like, oh, and there was all three just hanging out in her eye. Oh my God. Why'd they even tell her if they can't do anything? That's what I said. I would be, I would be ruined. You guys would never hear from me again. Like, just imagine, like, I guess you'd never be alone, which would be nice. I mean, true. And I mean, like I said, she does blame her bad behavior for, on her parents. I mean, you really could like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to act that way. It was, it was Steve. It was sexless. But, <laughs> sex but, but like the, the asshole doctor gave her pictures of them, like just being <laughs> like in, intentionally cruel. Like you can yeah. name them if you like. I'll ask. I'll ask her to send it to me later, and I'll put it on Twitter. I'll tag you guys. <laughs> That's awful. Doctors cool. can be kind of cruel. Yeah, like here's here's a couple parasites, and we can't do anything about it. Go home. See you later. Ooh. No, it's not okay. So now, like, I'd never want to go to the eye doctor ever again. Because what if I'm next? Well, you probably are. But it could, could you imagine, it's the start like, of a good story. like, imagine, like, they run across your eye where you're looking and you just see, like, this bug run across your vision. Like, what if it started to, like, come out of her eyeball? Like, and you were, like, talking to her and you see this little, like, fucking like tapeworm thing just like hanging out of her eye like an egg like coming out of the, the tear duct yeah, or like something yeah. Yeah. R- r- wriggling out of that and then i'm like yeah. was was there always three like did they multiply over time are those babies like oh no it was definitely so it was definitely it's definitely a couple and their baby <laughs> gross <laughs> take my eye out please i don't want it <laughs> but yeah happy halloween <laughs> <laughs> next okay we need another halloween yeah we need a halloween oh oh so like okay like, like i guess like haunted houses like do you like to go to like haunted house like attractions like you know they have um like the halloween horror nights at like universal and stuff do you like to do things like that i don't because i don't like to play along why not? I don't know. I just like when they jump out and try to scare you. Like I'm just like, oh hey, I don't know how to explain it. You're no fun. You have to yell back. Like when I was younger, in um, the next town over, they used to do um, like a haunted corn maze. So you would do like the maze, and then at the very end, there was like a haunted house, and you would go through the attraction, and they would like scare you, touch you, and all that, grab you, and then when you got to the very end, a guy with a chainsaw would chase you out, and like we always knew he was coming, but it scared the shit out of us every time. And one year, um, I went with a bunch of family friends and my brother, and as we were running out, someone in the front tripped, so we all went down, and my brother jumped over all of us and continued running from the guy with the chainsaw left us there. <laughs> See, isn't there always the, uh, isn't there always the guy with the fake chainsaw at the end of every one of them, and you're just like, here he is with this fake chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it scares the shit like, out of me every yeah. time. 
And he just, like the, the one, the corn maze around here has the guy with the fake chainsaw yeah, at the end of they it. They always yeah. have that. I went to a haunted house one time for a, um, like, it was a before wedding thing. Like, I don't want to say bachelorette party because why was I there? But I was there. And um, you had, it was in like, I don't really remember where it was. It was in West Virginia. It was like out back of Charleston. Uh, I'm trying to think. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to know what it is except for Koi, and he probably just doesn't even give a shit. But anyway, you had to crawl. You had to crawl <laughs> on your hands and knees through this like little thing, and it was like just really poorly. Like it just felt like one of those like haunted houses where somebody watched Wrong Turn or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one time and was like, "This is my whole personality now, and I'm just going to talk like this at this haunted house." Like there was nothing yeah. like kitschy or corny about it. It was just like. It was just dumb. I didn't like it. Hmm. I'm not taking you anywhere. Well, we have one out here called Scare Grounds. I've never been to it. It's um, from what I heard is kind of generic, and um, I don't really care to visit it. But I'd like to visit ones that are truly terrifying. I mean, I don't know of any, but um, I don't know if you ever seen the houses that October built. Yeah. And like a lot of those ones, some of those ones, they looked just frightening <laughs> there's and uh but I, I don't know there's one in columbus which is like two hours from us it might be a little farther for koi it's called i think it's called the haunted hoochie and it's supposed to be like one <laughs> of the scariest it's such a stupid name but it's supposed to be like one of the scariest haunted houses and like i don't know i, I don't want to mess with it because like i'm worried like i don't know i don't know what i'm worried about i just don't want people like touching me yeah um, my son's going to the Universal Orlando one this year, and I guess they have a Killer Clowns from Outer Space section. Mm-hmm. And so that would be yeah, cool. the Halloween Horror Nights that looks really cool every year. Yeah, it looks like fun. I want to go. I'm always I haven't been yet. I'm though. always really jealous because it just looks really fun. And what in the hell is with Killer Clowns like all of a sudden being so popular again? I'm not complaining, but like, where did this come from? I was just talking about that. That's crazy. Like it's just well, there's <clears> been a lot of clown books out, and I'm like, yeah. Like one that we know. Mm-hmm. I know someone here. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> Brian, we gave you the perfect opportunity to talk about your new clown book, and you were just like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't self-promote. <laughs> self-promote. Yeah, don't do it. It just hurts your feelings. I really don't. I, don't, I feel, I don't know. When I release a book, I just, I'll just say, here it is, you know, I don't like go ahead of the time or promote it much after until, you know, people tag me, they like it, retweet it and thank them. Um, But other than that, I'm not really into self-promoting much. It's always so awkward. It is. I'm like, here, read this, I guess. (laughs) Maybe. I'm trying to get a lot better about it because like. I, I, it's painful. Yeah, it's that's the perfect word. It is painful. I try to help everybody that um, you know, that's a writer. I'll try to promote everybody that um, is generally involved around my circle or whatever. Um, but for me personally, I just don't do that. It is painful.
<laughs> yeah, it's not. It's well, not. The vast majority of us would not even want to be out there talking about our books at all if we didn't have to. You know, like back 20 years ago, people had the luxury of writing and then just like being, you know, reclusive writers. And now you kind of have to have a presence, you know? Yeah. Some kind. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I I want to say a lot, but I'm not saying anything. Same. Same. Yeah, I fucking love haunted houses. I want to do um the Winchester Mystery House. <laughs> I swear to God, I want to do the uh the Winchester Mystery House does a night tour that they finally opened back up. Um, and it's just you and a partner and a set of flashlights and they just let you run through the house. Oh, that's cool. I know. And I love it during the day. So I want to do at night, like without tour guide. Hopefully. (laughs) Have you been there before? Yeah. A few times. Yeah. It's been there once. Oh, you've been, Mm -hmm. it's so fun in there. I love it. I want to move in kid and they locked me in a room to show me that it was going to be scary or whatever i mean i didn't care but <laughs> it wasn't scary <laughs> yeah i it's funny because like people like it, i just like i just like the atmosphere of it like i just love the way like it's designed and all that but like as oh, for yeah. like it being scary or like seeing a ghost or anything like never been my experience but i imagine at night that it's probably pretty creepy for sure Oh, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Um, because they um, turn all those places into the fake haunted house attraction. So, so I, I don't think they even. They're not even open to that until November again. Yeah. Yeah, and I think all of those. That's probably where they make mo- the most of their money, even this month. You know, so they don't. No, I don't think so. It's just a, an attraction. I don't think it's supposed to be haunted. It's a boat, yeah. It's just a crappy old boat. Sorry, I'm here. I had a voicemail from Maddie's school. I was making sure everything was fine. It's fine. Sorry, I'm here. Bye, Wendy. Bye. I wonder. Um, I think it, with with the stories and stuff, we're on hour three or so. Pass my health check. Yep. You're just gonna take a shot. Yep. Of what? Like. Mm, I'll let you pick. <laughs> uh, anyway, there was a little bit of a stutter stop there because Wendy had to leave, and we all said farewell, and we don't know what we're doing. So the podcast did something weird, and now we're re-recording again. <laughs> going to be fun to put together later <laughs> yeah and i don't edit so there's going to be all this talk like of like oh it's like coy telling us like it's long and we're like yeah coy
Yeah. <laughs> and then Miel was just saying, well, let's just call it right there. Jesus Christ. But not being allowed to. <laughs> not being allowed to. Hey, anyway, yeah, I guess I guess I don't really, I, I'm out of Halloween stuff to talk about. Oh, I have one question. What was your favorite costume as a kid? Oh, as a kid? Mine was for sure. When I was a little kid, Koi, Brian, I don't know if Kira would remember this. Monsters in my pocket, the little plastic toys. Yeah. So I, remember. I had I had a massive collection of those. And one year I got to be the hobgoblin. Like I had like the little mask and it was so badass. <laughs> That's cool. I've spent my whole life my whole life trying to recreate that joy. What were they called? Monsters in my pocket? Yeah, they were there was an NES game yeah. based on it too. There, yeah, there, there was like a was. comic book. Monsters in my pocket. That is not how you spell. They pocket. keep rebooting like all of these properties. They should reboot that. It was a great game. I remember loving the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty fun. I had so many of them, and then they started putting out those ones that were like called neon, and they had different colors. And I've never seen these before. I still have some just like around my house. I thought about getting back into collecting them. And then I was like, yeah, but I'm lazy. That's such a mood. Um, I probably will though, eventually. Cause I'm me. So the, the question is that your favorite childhood costume. Yeah. So I wanted to go as like one of the monster cereal people <laughs> one time. Hell yes. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> I ended up not because like if I were if I were to be like Count Chocula or something like you can't really you know like distinguish that from like another vampire so I didn't do that um, so I tried to go with like <laughs> and I don't think anybody got it because I went as Fruit Brute. Yeah, I was gonna say what isn't one of them pink? Uh, that's the the Frankenstein. Yeah, is that Fruit Brute? Frank, no, that's Frankenberry. Fruit Brew is the, um, they don't make it anymore, but it's the werewolf. Oh, okay. So everybody just thought you were a werewolf, probably. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucked. I should have been Yummy Mummy. (laughs) (laughs) The disrespect, the disrespect that they showed the creature from the Black Lagoon with those cereal boxes is unreal. (laughs) But anyway, so... Fruit brute, <laughs> or or uh, essentially, I was like Brian last year in his werewolf mask. So, yeah, didn't pull it off. Didn't pull it off. No. Brian, what's, what what was your childhood? Uh, ninja. Of course, it had was. a really cool uh, ninja outfit. It of was course, like very authentic. It was cool. And you had like the stars, and you probably threw them at everybody. I just pictured that. I, yeah, I wish I would have. <laughs> no, I, didn't ha- I did have like some plastic katana and some little shuriken stars, but nothing that nothing too fancy. But the outfit itself was really cool. I'm, was... I'm trying. To I was think. never a ninja. I don't have, I don't have anything exciting because, like, I was just a girl, so I was like Princess Jasmine. <laughs> I was a girl. I am a girl, but you know what I mean. I was. I was a girl. I was just a girl. <laughs> now I am just ghost. Now I'm just tired. I'm just a ghost. Yeah. Well, what should we? Uh, should we 
I don't, this is the awkwardest part of this podcast. Yeah, and I know pe- people that are listening to it are like, oh, okay, cool. Did you say you have a question, Brian? Was that Brian? <laughs> yeah, I got one. Okay. Um, do you have any scary moments trick-or-treating? Like when you Oof. were a kid. Can you think of anything that like scared you? Hmm, Not really, honestly. Oh, yeah. In, in my, um, my dad's hometown, I swear that entire town is haunted. And there were a couple houses that we went to because it was like, supposedly there were like, you know, oh, she worships the devil. She's a witch, blah, blah, blah. But there was this one house that we went yeah. to and um, their porch lights were off. So, you know, of course, just being asshole kids, we knocked, nobody came to the door. So we peeked through the window and she had all of these like, I don't know, these creepy like homemade like dolls on her mantle and they were all looking out the window and pointing out the window and we ran. (laughs) I don't know what it was. It was so creepy. What the hell? Was it Puppet Master? (laughs) I don't know what it was, but we never, and then eventually she died like years later. And so when we were teenagers, we went, because we hadn't returned back to that house. And then we looked through her windows and those dolls were still on the mantle, but they were had like fallen over. They looked like they'd been messed with. Like the house was all dirty inside, but those dolls were still on that mantle like 10 years later. Well, that's mm. because they killed everybody that moved in. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Koi, did you, you grew up in West Virginia. So did you even get the trick or treat like in a town? Because uh, Huntington, Huntington isn't really like a town town. Well, I mean, it has like 50,000 people. Yeah, but so it, I just don't picture it, it like it's got like the storefronts and like the downtown area. No, and it's just kind of like. Well, I mean, that's the debt. Yeah, but it, there are like neighborhoods and communities and stuff. Um, and yeah, so we always would go to like um, like uh, around the the park area because that was where like the nice houses were and they had the, the name brand candy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So that, but yeah, we did have, a, it was more traditional, like, um, uh, streets lined with houses and you just go house to house to house. Yeah. See, I had that along I, the sidewalk. Yeah. I lived up North in Lima, Ohio, when I was a kid that trick or treated and like, it was just a neighborhood. Like you just go like house to house and then we'd go to surrounding little neighborhoods and do it. But there was definitely like that, like that one, like little area that would be like in a lighter that you knew like i'm gonna get a full-size candy bar hell yeah yeah and everybody goes there yeah you know you don't go to like the <laughs> there are there areas you avoid with trick-or-treating <laughs> i don't really have any scary stories though but brian do you have one i'm kind of curious. yeah um yeah i, I feel like you asked this was. for a reason well, i do have a good one um i was about about 10 or 11 i can't remember but there was this house it was all black just like uh, Kira was talking about, but the sidewalk, the walk up to the door is um, lined with pumpkins, and um, <clears throat> sorry. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I so thought I walk up to this door, and there's a. I thought there was like a like a like a statue or something standing by the door. I couldn't really see. It was pretty damn dark, and there was a guy, and he was just standing there in a black sweater black pants and he had an axe in his hand and he had like uh, some weird face mask on and then he was breathing and it, i didn't want to reach into that there was like a little cauldron of candy below him <laughs> oh so i was like looking at him as i'm like kneeling to grab it and he's just breathing like really heavy and i grab it and then i'm backing up backing up 
and then I turn around and he's slowly walking after me and uh, I get out into the street and he's in the street. He followed me like a block and a half like that. The classic shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually I just ran. I just ran off. The classic dad prank on Halloween. Yeah. Dude, that was seriously creepy. There was nobody out either. Imagine doing that. Imagine doing that and you're just like, don't move. You just sit there and breathe really deep and then take the candy and leave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, it was... It wasn't good. I had something similar <laughs> as a kid in the town I grew up in. Um, there was this guy who worked at the grocery store. He was friends with my mom. And, like, he would taunt all the kids when you went in. He would throw, like, you know, like beans before you boil them. They're hard. He would throw them, like, at you, like, from across the aisle and stuff. And then one year on Halloween, I was with some friends. Wait. Like, what? Wait, 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 wait. What? Did you say beans? I did say beans. You know, like, beans that are hard. Beans you? <laughs> yeah. Like they're like what in the fuck kind of what? <laughs> Damien, shut up. <laughs> Kira, can, is anybody? Am I the only one who's as in shock that she's talking about somebody throwing beans? At? It was. They're not like in cans. They're like in like you know when you go to the grocery store and you buy like avocados and they're in like the I don't know what they're fucking called like the bins. <laughs> You know, you just grab an avocado. It was like that, but it was filled with beans. I don't fucking know, okay? It was in a small town in Farmville, okay? Um, That's very good. <laughs> and, well, did you, and then didn't you say you cooked them? Yeah, like they're, like, before beans are soft, they're hard, and you take them home and you boil them, and then they so get soft. So... So this motherfucker is inside, and he is cooking yeah. beans. No, he's not cooking beans. You can buy them like that and take them home to cook them yourself. I thought you meant that he cooked them before he no. threw them. <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> so anyway, so as kids, like, he would, like, anytime you're in the store, like I said, he would throw these beans at you. And, uncooked beans. And, um... Uh, when I was Thanks like, clarification. you're welcome. When I was like 13 or 14, <laughs> um, I was with a bunch of friends and we were just walking around town and one of my friends was like, oh my God, someone's following us. And it was fucking Michael Myers behind us. And I was like, oh, ha ha, real original. But then he started running. So we naturally started running and like an idiot, I took off the other direction by myself and then a bean hit me in the back of the head. And I was like, you fucker. He's <laughs> <laughs> just walking around with, bean, with uncooked beans in his pocket, chasing kids and throwing them at them. <laughs> See, what is that? What in the world is that? Small town. <laughs> I don't know. That's I it. have never, I have never had beans thrown at me by another human being. I think it's the only time I've ever had beans thrown at me. <laughs> I think. This, this Halloween, I'm just going to go throw beans at people. You should. <laughs> like, and I'm not even talking about like those kind of beans. Like, I'm going to buy Bush's baked beans and just grab a slob and just like... Awesome. <laughs> you should throw uh, six slits at people. Just fucking nail them. <laughs> Just like single, single sickle slits. <laughs> single sickle slits. Something like so a, a pack of Worthers seems to be your speed. So. <laughs> Dude, Worthers are the best. Come on. I feel like you're Everybody. gonna have a sweater like when it starts snowing and they're gonna be in your pockets. <laughs> like here's a order. Yeah. Gonna offer like a shirt pocket, like a chest pocket. Yeah. And then when we get together to watch that Mothman movie, I'll just have these Worthers originals like hey, cool. You're definitely gonna offer me a mint. 
Chloe, would you? Hey, Chloe, would you like a what are young man? Young man, would you like a mint to go with this? Movie? <laughs> would you like a junior mint for a snack? No, I'm yeah. good. In your fucking paydays. No, no, like junior mints are like way, way too good. They yeah. are so good. <laughs> no, so you wouldn't have those. And be one of those. Yeah, I don't like junior mints. <laughs> junior mints are disgusting. See, don't oh, know. If I want to eat toothpaste, I'll just go in the bathroom. Toothpaste, and get the yeah. No. That's, oh, listen to that comeback from Koi. <laughs> Toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just so stupid. So stupid that it doesn't even like it isn't even worthy of a response. You wanna know something weird? After after I lost my taste and smell when I got sick back in 2020 for the fucking longest time. Like up until very recently, my toothpaste tastes like ketchup. So imagine that twice a day. Sometimes three times a day. That's weird. This explains disturbing. a lot. Disturbing. <laughs> it explains a lot. <laughs> we have we have heard some food hot takes on this show, and that oh, explains everything. You know, and that brought it. I mean, we've been talking about candy, but we came full circle with the fucking food, didn't we? What is the worst candy that you get on Halloween? Mm, it's those little fucking what are they Smarties that come in the little clear? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like chalk. It's gross. That's all it is. I'm going to say, like, um, Mike and Ike, but, like, the one with licorice. (laughs) It's so gross. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, I'm thinking of Good and Plenty, maybe. (laughs) But it's like Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking of, Good and Plenty. It's like Uh, the Mike and Ike things, but they're like... um, the licorice. Yeah, the black yeah. licorice black is the licorice. worst thing. Like evil human buys licorice to give children at Halloween, you know? The same guy who's throwing beans at people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your worst candy, Brian? Oh, no. I was thinking about that. Uh, probably mounds. Yeah. yeah. I like mounds. I know Wendy said that she didn't like mounds, but she likes almond joy. But I like both. I, I like really like joy. coconut. Ugh. They're the same thing to me. I don't like. I don't like the way coconut smells, looks, tastes, all of it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's not though. You get them little toasted coconut cookies. Ew. You know, I like the oatmeal raisin cookies too. Oh, those are my so shit. What What does that say about me? <laughs> You're just old all the way around. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I actually don't theme. even know. I don't even know if I have a least favorite. Yeah, I do. Warheads. Oh, I hate anything Warheads. sour. I hate those things with a passion. Yeah, I don't like sour things at all. Like, who wants to take that and put that on their tongue and feel like you ate a hundred salt and vinegar potato chips? <laughs> it's all raw. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, I like dots. Mm. But like after they've been refrigerated, like they stick to my teeth <gasps> yeah. so badly. Yeah, they I can't, do. I can't take dots. I love dots. That's I like, like to put them bug. in popcorn too, like at the movie theater. Really? It's so good. Oh, that's a good idea. It's so fucking hmm. good. One day I was literally there, like once again, I'm missing something, and I let the intrusive thoughts win, and it was really good. I used to. Brie <laughs> puts the. Uh, Brie puts the chocolate, like the plain M&M's and popcorn to movie theater. And I used to talk so much shit about how like gross that was. And then I accidentally tried it because I was just like, mm, popcorn. And I grabbed it and I was like, oh, 
What's that nice, sweet, and savory mixture? It's good. It's an M and M. It's an M and M. I don't really like popcorn though, unless there's dots in it. <laughs> Did you say dots or dogs? <laughs> dots. I'm gonna be eating dogs. Yeah. What the? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> we literally were just talking about dots. What if you mix six slits into your popcorn? Now that God right damn there. Damn it. That right there. I would spend an hour laughing at all the intrusive that thoughts be, that are winning. That is a power move. The a sixlets and popcorn. And an, a nice tall glass of Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll bring Crypt Keeper Kyle in to introduce the last story and then we can say farewell. Do you guys want to like Koi, Brian, Wendy? Uh, uh should, <laughs> should I say when yeah we're because i was thinking like she didn't get to promote herself no she didn't so you need to promote her yourself that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go try and find i'm gonna find her instagram real quick because i don't want to get it wrong okay wendy is at wendy.dalrimple.author on instagram and she was not lying about the witch thing because her profile picture is a witch um she has she has her book i think roser park is coming out this month and i know her romance book my halloween romance is coming out and it looks really adorable it does so yeah read that stuff and like follow wendy and say hi wendy mm -hmm. and apologize for her having to put up with what she had to put up with with all of us today yes <laughs> um i am at um instagram um at midnight books underscore and coffee and i am on twitter at kira renee writes i think and my websites that desperately need to be updated are in both bios and yeah i'm mostly on twitter anybody else anybody i'm, I'm gonna let everybody else go first burger bay is up i guess all right um you can find me on instagram brian gb horror uh, mostly on Twitter, but I can't recall the name. It's a weird at error numbers, but you can find it under Brian G. Russ Thornberry right now. Um, Here, here's a question. Do, Have you what? thought about changing that? No. Oh, okay. You just want it to be error random numbers. No, you know what's funny? I, I I initially made that account, and it was just, I just wanted to say error. I, didn't, I don't know how all those numbers popped up. So. Huh. Yeah. I'm going to make it yeah. a personal goal to memorize the number. So next time you're on, I'm going to be like, oh, it's 987621. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> but um, I have a book coming out soon, actually, called Death Commando. And uh, if you like movies like Commando, Strike Commando, you know, those like action movies like that, I think you'll dig this one. But yeah, that's it. Sweet. I'm ready for that book. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to so be badass. Close. So close. <laughs> Um, so I'll go. Um, my website is www.coyhall.com and uh, you can see all my books there and uh, all the social media pages too. I'm on Twitter at Coyhall Books and on Instagram at Coyhall Books. And my uh, latest book came out this summer, The Hangman Feeds the Jackal. And I'll have Two novels coming out um, next year. One is a crime novel, and one is a Doran Toth and Vinegar Tom horror novel. And that's all I can say about that. I can't go into any more details, but they'll be out next year. 
We're really bad about read. promoting hot pink Satanism, by the way. Yeah, I don't know when we should start doing that. It's there. Maybe now. Maybe now. Maybe now. Yeah. So I guess you can find me on Twitter where I'm usually tweeting dumb things that people block me for that don't deserve to be blocked for. I'm having a moment. I feel really sad. I'm feeling really sad. But um and then I'm that's which is DC Ugly Books, and then I'm on Instagram at Damien Thulu. Um I think my website is broken for some reason, so that's whatever. But yeah, we totally have a book called Hot Pink Satanism, Kira and I coming out. And maybe we shouldn't say that because I don't know if that's been announced. Um it's not that's just not it's from D and T and if we're allowed to say it, we'll say it at some point in time. Because we maybe I don't know I don't, I don't know. know how to deal with this. Kind of we stuff. wrote a book. To, we wrote a book together. It 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 it'll it'll come out at some point. <laughs> You'll get to read it at some point. Yeah. And it, it it might be sooner than later, but we just don't know if we're allowed to say that or not because we don't know how to have human being conversations with people. Um, the anthology that these stories are on is actually free today. When you hear this podcast, we're making it free on ebook for every time the podcast is released. So. I guess go download that and listen to this next story that Cryptkeeper Kyle is going to introduce. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Here comes Cryptkeeper Kyle. I'm back again. They've allowed me to speak on their podcast. The next story that you will hear this evening and the last one. Who's laughing at Cryptkeeper Kyle? You can't have anything nice around here. The next story that you're going to hear is by Brian Burger Bay Barry himself, and it is called The Child. I call this one The Child. I told her it would be an easy job, a quick 50 bucks for the night. She can make use of the kitchen, eat what she wanted, watch what she wanted on the television, use the phone, all those perks and amenities that come with being a babysitter. Tammy jumped on the opportunity. Fifty bucks was a deal. Usually she was thumbed to five for her work, or if she was really lucky, a ten, but never a fifty. That was unheard of. In fact, they offered her the money up front, even promising her another twenty if she can make it the entire night without running scared. She thought that was funny, maybe even a bit strange, but she didn't question it much. Considering it was Halloween, she figured they were referring to the night and left it at that. The only thing that rubbed her weird was they hadn't introduced her to their child. They told her he was shy and didn't get along with folks all that well. They also told her he wouldn't trouble her any. He liked his space and had a habit of isolating himself. One question she asked the parents was what to feed him when he was hungry. They avoided the question, telling her he had eaten plenty and wouldn't bother her with any requests. It seemed too easy, but 70 bucks for a night was not something you passed up on. There were a couple of things they did tell her. They wanted her to answer the door for the trick-or-treaters, and once midnight came along, to keep the television low and all other noises to a minimum. And it was important to dim the lighting in the house. When she questioned the reason behind the strange requests, they merely stated their child, whom they never offered to name, had trouble sleeping at night, and noises generally roused him, sometimes he would get agitated at sounds. And the lighting issue? Well, that has something to do with the eyes. He was born with a rare condition, and artificial light had a terrible effect on his mind. Maybe she should have trusted that feeling tickling her spine, but her mind was focused on the money. 
and it wouldn't be so bad. She dealt with worse in the past. She'd only have to last a few hours. How hard could it be, especially with a child that didn't require a whole lot of attention? It was a quarter past eleven when the sound started. Strange sounds like something scraping on the walls. She wondered if maybe a tree was scratching the shingles. Maybe a window. But she couldn't remember any trees close to the home. There hadn't been any trick-or-treaters all night, which was a bit odd considering the neighborhood seemed decently crowded when she'd arrived a couple of hours before. Is that what this is? She thought. Maybe someone outside playing a trick. It was possible, but she hadn't felt inclined to go outside and check on things. It was cold out there. She could hear the wind blowing, hear something rattling close by. Besides, she didn't have a flashlight and had never inquired where she could find one in the house. The house was big. She couldn't tell you the style, but it had a peaked roof and a lot of rooms and windows and was ringed by an eight-foot iron fence. There were plenty of bushes and hedges and several trees which obscured much of the property from curious minds. The thought of searching this big house for a flashlight made her feel funny. Maybe the better word is spooky. That was it. It was Halloween, and she'd been watching some monster movies since she sat down. It was about worms, big worms in a cellar that liked to eat people if they got too close. Eventually, the worms got bigger and meaner and started going after people, biting heads off, all that good, wholesome stuff you find in horror movies. She thought about turning the channel because that sound was starting to get to her. Maybe there would be something a bit more cheerful on instead, something to smile at. She flicked through a few channels, but it seemed like everything she landed on had some sort of rubber monster chasing somebody, or a blade in a man's fist hacking into something big-breasted and about as sharp as an eraser. She decided to switch off the television and read the book she brought along. It was a mystery novel. The characters in it were on the hunt for some treasure rumored to be buried under an old temple in a devil-haunted jungle. It was good so far. She figured by the time she finished it, she'd be back in her car and heading home. She broke the spine open and folded the next page over when an idea came to her head. She hadn't once checked on the child upstairs and thought maybe she should go on up there, listen at the door to make sure he was still breathing. But the thought of leaving the comfort of the lighted family room, walking up those black steps, squares of moonlight up the wall, didn't sit so well. Instead, she would continue to read the book in silence, listening to the wind outside. About ten pages in, she was interrupted. Not by anything strange, but by the sounds of the wind increasing. It was really blowing out there. Also, it sounded like rain hitting the windows, and even a distant rumble of thunder out in those black hills that all referred to as Howard's Meadow. It was a bit unnerving in that large house, just her and that book, her heart, beating a bit faster. She swallowed down encroaching fears and buried her attention in the book. The flash of lightning didn't startle her. She'd been catching glimpses of it hitting the curtains for about 20 minutes now, and it wasn't the thunder following those blue flashes and shaking the ground that brought her face up out of the book, and her eyes searching the dark aperture that opened into the foyer. It was something above all those natural noises. For a minute there, she thought she saw somebody peeking at her or at least felt the glare on her. You know the feeling, right? When you're minding your own, and somehow you feel an inspective curiosity roaming your body. It was that feeling. And like with much of the house in its secret black corners, she felt a chill stitch her spine. Instead of going back to the book, she hung her head low as if she were reading the pages, but her attention was riveted and alert. A strip of lightning put a blue square on the wall. A few seconds later, thunder crawled beneath the house. After a minute or so, when she thought there wouldn't be any more lightning for a while, and the rain was petering, she caught herself reading a few words when a bolt struck and lit the house up in a series of pulsing flashes, and a figure lurching through the foyer. She screamed, a quick scream, but it was high and strung as if she expected to see such a thing to be hidden in the black. She dropped the book and stared into that large square of black and imagined things waiting in that nighted chamber. She had a palpable feeling 
something big and unnatural will come out of that void, maybe something too large and it would have to duck to get at her, something disfigured and abominable and hideous with black teeth and drool hanging from its chin and long ropes. She thought about claws, big and curved, hooked like an owl, opening her up, pulling things out of her. Tammy felt her hands shaking and she needed to turn on a light. There were already two lights blooming in the family room, but it wasn't enough. And what's more, she was stuck in that room. There was no other exit unless she felt compelled to leap out of a window, and right then she was considering that option. There were two other lamps in her room, and the nearest wasn't too close. Keeping her eyes on the foyer entry, she sidestepped her way over to the lamp. A strip of lightning stopped her. She thought for one moment something would have been revealed that would strip the sanity from her mind. But there was nothing out there. Just an empty room and a staircase, some portraits on the wall and a coat rack. She almost laughed about it, and then she smiled thinking about how foolish she was being. She was only too happy that Damien, her boyfriend, wasn't around to poke fun at her right then. Shaking away these grim thoughts, she headed over to the lamp. She pulled the chain, and as she did so, another flash strobed the windows, and outside, just in front of her, was the outline of a hulking figure behind the drapes. Her scream filled the room, and she fell back, going down hard on her hands. Thunder shook the earth, and she stood up and started for the foyer, but then hesitated. Something was in that room. She knew it was. It was waiting for her to go in there. No, she couldn't go in there. She couldn't convince herself to run in there, no matter what she'd seen out that window. She had seen plenty of movies where the girl runs off into something like this and it ends with her butchered into a stain or something big and slimy takes a bite out of her until she stops screaming. And looking at that great opening as she was right then, it looked like the entrance of some cave, an ogre's cave full of bones and boiling cauldrons and something big and hairy waiting in the corner, eating a trick-or-treater down to the ankles. She remembered there was a phone in the family room and backed up. She saw it over there, beside the television. She picked it up. It was an old rotary style. She wasn't even sure if she understood how to use it. What was wrong with these people? It was 1985. Couldn't they get something more modern? Come to think of it, most of the furnishings inside the home were vintage quality. She can't remember anything modern. Everything was outdated, antiquated in some way. Even the parents themselves, the way they dressed and spoke, nobody dressed the way they did anymore, nor used words that she needed a dictionary to understand. But none of that mattered. She slotted her finger in the nine and swung it down, then repeated the sequence with the one. It started ringing. A voice came on. 911. Hello, my name is Tammy Smith, and 911, is anybody there? Tammy spoke louder, thinking the connection was off due to the storm. Yes, I am. My name is Tammy Smith. The line went dead. She tried the phone again, and after a few rings, the voice came back online. But like before, Tammy's voice wasn't registering on the other end. Frustrated, she slammed the phone into its cradle. She went over and picked her bag up and shouldered it. She had to get out of here. Forget the money. They could keep it. But... No, she couldn't leave. She had to get help somehow. There was a kid in the house. She had to check on him, make sure he was okay. She would never forgive herself if she checked the news later and saw a report about a missing kid or brutally hacked apart. She could see the headlines now. Cowardly babysitter saves herself. Tammy wasn't a coward. She was 15 and stronger than her sister who was four years older than her. No, Tammy was strong like her mother. She would brave that cave and go on upstairs, but she had to be careful. She thought about heading into the kitchen and grabbing one of those big knives she'd seen after a brief spell of hunger brought her into there earlier. Yeah, that's what she would do. She would arm herself with a knife and go upstairs and tell the boy that there was someone outside. And she would go across the street and get help. It was easier said than done. The house across the road was a long walk in the open rain and lighting. It was late too, which enhanced everything to a frightening degree, but she had to do it. 
The phone wasn't cooperating, and she had someone outside that window. And from the size of the figure, it sure as hell wasn't a trick-or-treater searching for the door. She waited for another flash of lightning. It was painstaking waiting there, staring at that black portal, letting the mind wander into illogical realms, peopling those shadows with lurching, hunched figures with piss-yellow eyes and hungry teeth. But she couldn't help it. She also started hearing more noises and strange sounds outside the house. It wasn't the rain. That was an easy pattern to detect. It wasn't the wind. It was steady and didn't make those sounds she was hearing with a frequency that was becoming unbearable. She didn't want to stay or even admit it, but it sounded like somebody trying to crawl up the walls, and the thought was too much to think about. No, she had to focus on the foyer. Then the lightning hit. A blue flash strove the home, and she saw the vacancy of the foyer. Relieved, she rushed into the foyer mouth, ran to the door, and swung at the light panel until a chandelier burst with relief overhead. It lit the room up, but instead of a brilliant effulgence, it was dim and made sinister by the shadows now leaping on the walls and making funny patterns on the ceiling and floor. She ignored the black phantoms and raced into the kitchen. Inside, she popped the, Inside, she popped the light and was rewarded with a black room. The light wasn't working. This caught her off guard, and the thought of standing in that room without light and shadows crawling behind her, well, it didn't feel too good. Then she remembered the refrigerator and hurried over there and swung the door open. The light snapped on, and it cleared enough of the shadows away to satisfy her. She saw the cutlery block, went to grab the big one, then froze. It wasn't there. It was missing, like somebody had come in here after reading her mind, or maybe had taken it after she got herself a snack a while back. Both explanations caused her to start shaking. She grabbed a smaller knife with a six-inch blade. It was enough to reconsider somebody thinking of jumping on you. That's for certain. Again, the thought of just running across the street was strong. Maybe that would be her best option. After all, the kid was safe. He was upstairs in his room. She wasn't hearing much of anything up there. All the sounds were on her level. She would do the smart thing and go for help. She prepared herself to leave the house, her hand on the doorknob. She put pressure on it until the door unsealed from its frame. A cold wind blew inside. You can do this, she said. She swung it open, took a step outside, and screamed. There was a man out there, dressed in black. He had something silver in his hand. Tammy knew it was a knife. She stepped back inside and slammed the door, throwing the bolt behind her. Her heart was flopping rapidly. Her breathing was shallow. She held the knife against her breast. Her legs were shaking. Somebody pounded on the door and shook the handle. Tammy yelped like a dog being stabbed. She staggered away, aiming the blade at the door. Something moved behind her. She screamed and turned, slashing at the shadows. Tears lined her cheeks, but nothing was there. The pounding continued and the door rattled in its frame. Again, something shuffled behind her. She had enough. She went for the stairs. She raced up those steps, careful not to fall and plug that knife in her belly. Reaching the landing, she ran down the hall, swinging doors open, calling for the child. Six doors she swung open, but there was no child. Nothing but old guest rooms and office, some sort of study. The wind was picking up. Lightning flashed and thunder cracked and shook the walls. The pounding on the door stopped, but the echoes still pounded in her head. There was never a kid. What's going on here? Instead of heading back downstairs, she checked the rooms for a phone. And after a quick search, she hadn't found any phones. She started crying, holding the knife to her, afraid to move anywhere else. Maybe if she found a spot to hide, she can wait until morning. Wait until there was some light outside, enough to open this home with sight. In the first room she checked, there was an open linen closet. She would go in there. 
pile around all those blankets and materials, obscure herself. It took great effort to put her back to the hall and go inside that room, but eventually she worked herself beneath those covers to feel adequately safe, at least for the moment. She wondered what time it was. Surely it was after midnight. She typically stayed up until 2 or 3 on the weekends, and Halloween being a Friday, she knew it must have been Saturday by the way she was feeling. Maybe around 1 or so. She was still thinking about that man outside and wonder who he could be. She immediately thought about the father, but no, it couldn't be him. This person was all wrong-shaped. What about the figure at the back window? It was a tall, strangely shaped person, but the lightning could have distorted the figure. So there was really no explanation. She thought about the absence of a child upstairs. Maybe he was downstairs. No, they told her he was upstairs and didn't like to be bothered. That's what she remembered. But where is he? She checked each room upstairs, none of which had the look of a children's room. Maybe the attic, she thought. It was possible. One thing was for certain. Somebody was in this house. Somebody grabbed that knife, and maybe they had come back inside. Maybe walking up the stairs right now. The closet door wouldn't shut so well, so she left it wide open. She figured it would oppose a search of the closet. After all, who's stupid enough to hide in a closet with an open door? With the door open, she left enough room so she could see out into the hall. The light from the chandelier spoke into the hall, so she would be able to clearly see somebody walking past. Something she would rather not see at all. Keeping her focus on that door, she felt her heart stabbing at her chest. Her breathing had calmed, but not enough. She had to force herself to calm down. A difficult thing to be doing under the circumstances. Ten minutes or so had passed when a noise hit her ears. And the scary thing about it all, that it was coming from inside the walls. She was positive it was. In fact, it sounded like something scratching at the wall just behind her. Instinctively, she turned, and at that moment, a blade punched through the plaster, nearly clipping her head. She burst out of her hide and raced down the stairs, trailing screams. Downstairs, there was somebody there, standing right there in the front door. It was a large man in a black raincoat and black hat, just a blackened figure and a rain-dripping hatchet in his fist. Tammy turned to run and saw somebody slinking downstairs in a crouch, a knife poised over their head, ready to strike. Screaming, Tammy ran into a dark corridor beneath the stairs. There was a door to her left. Without thinking, she threw it open when it was greeted with a black hole. She looked back to the foyer, and that man was walking towards her. The hatchet raised. She plunged into the black hole, slamming the door behind her. She took a step and felt air beneath her. She fell ten feet and screamed, landing hard on what felt like dirt. She jumped up, the knife still in her hand. She swiped at the shadows that swallowed her. She jabbed at things that weren't there. She screamed and swiped and plunged recklessly, eyes white and white and blind. She swung out again and the blade sparked. She must have hit stone or metal. She walked forward, gasping and shaking. Her hand reached out and ran over the cold, smooth surface of the stone. At first, she shrieked, thinking it was something waiting for her, but it was just a stone wall. Still swiping at shadows and haunting images, something brushed her hand like a string of spider webs. She fell back with a scream. Then a light popped on, a weird, strange light. It threw her shadow on the wall, and that shadow was big, and she screamed about it. She turned quickly and saw the light. It was a purplish vapor color. It was crawling up a set of long stone steps. She heard footsteps above her, boards creaking, dust showering around her, some voices whispering. Then her eyes wandered those stone steps. She couldn't tell how long they went on down for, but from where she stood it looked leagues. The door behind her, the one she used to enter the cellar, swung open. The man with the hatchet was there. Tammy screamed at him, and he laughed at her. 
terrible laugh, like something a witch would sound like. It sounded like a dozen waves of laughter in one, each inflection competing with the other. Tammy ran down those steps and kept running, her eyes on the purple light. Eventually, the stairs were rubbed of their symmetry and became something like a stone slide. She went face first, her belly and breasts scratching the surface, feeling pebbles and chips of stone breaking open her skin. She was wailing and filling the tunnel around her and screams. She saw things as she went, things like pumpkin pails and ribbons of costumes, candy caught in the arms of giant spider webs. A stream of wind pushed against her, and she realized she was falling. But it wasn't long, and like before, she landed on a hard, dirty surface. She backed up in revulsion at the feeling beneath her. It had a slimy, almost fungus feel to it, like a swamp would feel. The light was bright, but its source remained a mystery. She found her knife, grabbed it, and held it close. She examined the area. Chills seized her after what she was seeing. Above her, the ceiling was a high dome clustered in stalactites, some fat, others wide, all sharp as daggers. But that wasn't what increased her heart rate. It was the webs. The ceiling was covered in webs. Not stringy little webs, but a thick cotton blanket. It was moving, too, like something was behind it, crawling up there. Tammy was pretty sure she knew what it was. She looked around her and saw the thin wires of webs strung over the ground like a million spiders walked through here recently. But it was other things that amped her horror. Little figures curled up in their costumes. Pails spilled around them, webs over them. Not one or two, but maybe twenty, thirty small kids. Some were cocooned in web. Others she didn't want to think about. Terror was in her heart, stabbing her mind. She wanted to scream, but was too afraid to scream. Maybe her voice would reach ears she didn't want any part of. Maybe something was in that big black portal across from her. Yep, a big gaping hole that looked like it belonged to the home of an ogre, a family of ogres. Maybe something bigger than an ogre. But judging from the webs that ran up the walls and tethered stalactites weaved over the bodies of trick-or-treaters, maybe something with eight legs and an ebony-plated body were curled back inside there. There was a smell she hadn't noticed, so enraptured by the terror and horror of this cavernous pit of webs and rot. It smelled like death, a lingering pestilential odor that troubled the senses. Something moved in the purple light off to her side, and she almost screamed, covering her mouth. She couldn't see anything, but she was pretty sure she had seen something shifting. She searched everywhere, but wasn't seeing anything, nothing that was moving anyways, and that was a good thing. She thought about that light again and figured it was just some natural phosphorescence. She didn't know. It didn't matter. She began to stand, thinking about crawling up that long shaft of stone to face something she had a chance at fighting and winning down here with these bodies in that cave over there. No, she needed to get out of here. It was a lair for some grim god, a sacrificial place place to crack open baby skulls and heap the brains in a pile for an invidious night demon. Again, movement caught her eye, and this time she saw it. It was a kid, a small child. He was looking at her, studying her. It looked like he wanted to say something to her. Tammy was on the verge of screaming and waking up every haunter in this chamber. The boy was bloody but alive. It looked like his face had been pinched off. Help, he said, 
but in a voice like something dead, learning how to speak again. Tammy yelped, Help me before it comes back. Tammy held the knife tighter. I know it's coming back. It's coming back with its army. It's coming. It's coming for you. She had a hundred questions that she wanted no answers to. What is coming? Tammy managed to say with a dry whisper. The kid pointed at a shaking finger that was more bone than flesh at the black portal, then fell still. Tammy's eyes roamed the black cave. She needed to get out of here. She turned and started to struggle up the wall, back into the shaft. She made it maybe half the way up when a set of iron bars blocked her path. She fell back with a crunch and a scream. This is impossible, she thought. This is not happening. It's not real. None of this is real. I'm upstairs. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm upstairs and fell asleep reading that book. I bet I was only a few pages from the end and... Yeah, I just fell asleep. But she wasn't asleep. No, this was real. She knew it was. Her mind was working to convince her otherwise. Convince her that she was not seated in some foul death chamber a league below the surface. That there weren't crumpled bodies around her in plastic costumes and empty pails and the glittering wrappers of hundreds of candy and the webs. No, those weren't webs. Those, those were not webs. Just then, all that fantasy went out like a match. She felt the earth vibrate. Something was happening. She thought for one moment one of those stalactites would detach and pin her to the ground in a bloody smear. But that's not what was happening at all. Those things up there weren't going anywhere anytime soon. No, she saw what it was. It was the webs. They were rippling, palpitating like newborns in a womb. And that's what this is. One giant womb. Of what? She hadn't the mind to cogitate such a horror. Suddenly, breaches in the silk canopy appeared, and that's when it started raining black things. Shiny black things with black eyes and black legs. There had to be thousands, and they were pouring out of the ceiling like a flood of black water. Dozens of black waterfalls, chunky and squealing with life. Yeah, those things were squealing like newborns, sired from the womb. The ground was alive, heaving and breathing and skittering with life. They fell over the bodies of the trick-or-treaters, and some of those children were still alive, and they started screaming, screaming as only small children can scream. Some tried to run, but there were so many spiders hanging off them, they were anchored down in that thrashing black sea, covered and silenced. Tammy was screaming, and the cavern was so loud with child cries and screams, and the squealing pierce of spiders feeding. She couldn't hear herself. She backed against the wall and made herself as narrow as she could. The cavern floor was nearly flooded over, and there was only maybe ten or twelve feet of space left before they reached her. She was shaking and nearly passed out at the sight, and the screams they urged her to fall over and black out. But she couldn't. The black fountains had started to peter out, and only a few were left, crawling over the ceiling, stuck in the webs. But none of that mattered at all, because what was coming at her was a black wave, like a rolling comber at sea, washing right at her. It was carrying the bodies of a dozen children in its folds, children worried to the bone of their flesh. Tammy surrendered and waited, the knife falling, the point striking the slime below, and then the wave stopped. The spiders were a solid mass, devoid of animation, a carpet of obsidian. Their black eyes reflected the purple light, and it was like staring into the dome of some malignant gulf of winking purple stars. She grabbed her knife and held it out in front of her. 
The spider started to heave in a mound, and started a parting up the middle, leaving a path of blood and webs behind, a narrow knife path that led into the cave mouth. She started shaking more. The blood went out of her. The air was thin, and her eyes were jumping in her skull. She couldn't stand it any longer. Her knees hit the ground. Tears flooded her face. She was dry heaving. The spiders were watching her. She knew they were, watching her with those black star eyes. Then something was coming. Movement in the cave locked her up. It caught the light in wicked ways. It was a monster. That's what it was. It staggered out into the light like a mutated, genetically disfigured human. It walked forward in a lurking stride, seeming to drag itself out of the cave. It was too big for a man, but it shared a certain design. It fell forward on its hands right at the end of that long, bloody path and screamed. It started screaming as its body reconfigured with ghastly animations. Its skin peeled from bone and its head fell apart. Blood drained from its body much like wringing out a wet mop. Joints popped and altered and elongated and bubbled. Tammy was on her knees, her palms up against her head, screaming, wailing, shrieking, and filling that cavern with strident horror. Mutated down to something slick and black and shiny with eight crooked legs and black eyes that shone with a haunting void. The eyes were slanted and regarded Tammy with an evil, revolting glare. Its thick, ebony-plated body heaved, and its eight legs propelled its unnatural bulk towards her. It crashed into her, laying her open, striking her head with a proboscis thick as bamboo. It pulled everything living inside of her up that luminous straw, and her body collapsed into a sack of limp flesh and loose bones. The thing backed away, back into its home, isolating itself until next Halloween. In the meantime, the heaving black wave washed over her, eroding what was left into a bubbling soup.